0: Bam, we're live. Hector, Devesh, Corey. I uh, I did. That's two days in a row where I hit the go live button, but I didn't have my picture up. Uh, just okay. You need to be Mr. Porter. Dear Con, I'm Chrome. You need to be on Chrome. So I have this. I basically this podcast starts at seven a.m. Pacific Standard Time. More or less. And, uh, I'd say 89% of the time. And so what happens is I have this like total routine. I do, I set my alarm for 630. No, sorry. 6 AM Pacific standard time. I get up, I drink a cup of coffee. Um, I open all the blinds. I try to respond to a bunch of DMs, especially I look for the guests I've invited the day before to see if they have responded. And then, um, at 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, I jump in the shower. Apu Roof, Gangwar, good evening from Brisbane. Corey Leonard, Bruce Wayne, Adam Blakesley. good morning. And then so, so then I jump in the shower and I try to get out like quick. I try to make it like, a you know, uh, it's not like I wash my ass, my crotch, my armpits. That's it. And uh, and I shower before I go to bed. It's just like to to wake up, right? And, uh, so now I've had a cup of coffee, I've opened the blinds. And so then from there I uh, come into my office and I turn on the computer and I send the link to the guest. The dog comes outside and he pees while I'm doing that. And, um, from there I go back inside and, uh, oh, and when I come in to turn on my computer and send the link to the guest, I also bring in my show notes and my coffee. And so what I do with my coffee is is it's like, this is my second cup of coffee for the day. And it has like two shots of espresso down here. And then I fill the rest with hot water. Paper street coffee. Booyakasha. I think you get 10% off if you use the name Sevan over there. And supporting them is like supporting us. You have to know that. Like it really, 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 really is. It's a great way to support us. You pay him, and then he's like, "Oh, that's a good investment for me to support the Seven Podcast." And then he keeps paying us, and then that lets us pay for all the shit that this this stuff cost. So, so then I so then I come back in here, at, like ideally, like at six forty nine, six fifty, like it's it's just hopefully like just a quick turnaround. No later than 655. But sometimes I just, I, I don't know why, but I've been just, I'm pushing the limits further and further. So, like just now, I rolled in here and exactly at seven. So, casual sender Steve, Jake. I watched, uh, Mr. Hiller, good morning. I watched um, uh, the, the exchange between um, Bill Maher and uh, Joe Rogan yesterday, and you can just see where they've gone so wrong. And and, and it's, it's, it's where Canadians have gone wrong too. I saw a funny video. I saw a funny video this morning of Michelle Latondra. If you want to watch that CrossFit games video that they made of her, she's talking basically about how no one can tell her what to do. Like if you tell her what to do, she'll push the opposite way, But, but she's wearing a mask in the video. It's so absurd. It's so absurd. It's so absurd. It's such a contradiction. I, I, I'm, I was embarrassed for. Her. Beautifully shot, um, but 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 Bill Maurer and Joe Rogan—they basically the, in the clip that I saw the 11-minute clip I saw—they're basically saying that they are still liberals, but the left has changed, and, and they're totally they're totally missing the point. They're totally missing the point, Mister Pecan Porter.
1: Hello, sorry about that, mate.
0: Dude, it's not a, not even. The good thing about my mouth is that it will just run.
1: Perfect. Mate, me and you both talk underwater with a mouth full of marbles.
0: Um, Is your Instagram this?
1: No, my Instagram is at Porter.
0: Okay. Hold on one second. I I want to change. Okay. So I just put the words I am in front of it. Yes, sir. that
1: perfect there we go
0: I like that hey that's kind of like there's there's like um the sevon podcast the Dave Castro I am yeah. Con Porter I like this
1: yeah I mean I'm still trying to figure out what exactly Con Porter is but we're getting there I don't know if I'm quite ready for a the yet
0: right right <laughs> <laughs> um are you in a uh where so you're in Iceland you have been recruited to come there and participate on um, what arguably is the most experienced group of crossfitters in the world be, being that you have yami uh, katrin and annie mm. there it's it's quite remarkable and i'm sure there's other people there i don't even know who who've been in the game forever um but where so you come from australia where it's sunny and then you go to that's like in this like the, on this planet australia's down on the bottom of the planet yeah. right Yes, sir. It's about and as now far- you went up to the top of the planet.
1: Yeah, I think it's about as far as you can travel by plane in kind of like a consistent journey. So we have to fly via either the Middle East or Asia and then usually stop somewhere else in Europe and then come up to Iceland. So it's about as different a climate and about as far away from home as you can get.
0: Yeah. I wonder what the um like the uh the stuff that some people think is bullshit, the implications are like 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 how the, I don't know, magnetic poles affect you or <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Like you're yeah, yeah, totally yeah, different. Dude. It's a totally different place on the rock.
1: Yeah. Yeah, dude. I know exactly what you mean. I've never been one to buy into a lot of that sort of stuff. So I have no idea what it's supposed to be like. I can tell you though, that training and breathing in the cold sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also real shitty when you want to go out and do bits and pieces, uh, when it's bucketing down with snow or pissing down with rain outside your window. Um, but that said, like you're exactly right. The crew that I've got around me here is wild, the world amount- class.
0: Ah, uh, totally. Uh, it need there needs to be a whole show on on the fact that you guys are all there with Annie, Katrin, and um, and Yami. It's like, have you
1: ever had Yami on the show?
0: I have not. I, I know him. I, I used to hang with him quite a bit. I used to see him everywhere. Mm-hmm. I sh- I need to have him on the show. I, I'm it's a huge phenomenal. fan. Huge it fan. Is
1: phenomenal. Like yeah. one of the smartest dudes you'll ever meet. And with everything as well, like he's just he's got kind like,
0: of a Kelly Starrett and a Ben Bergeron and, and maybe some other dudes all wrapped into one. People don't yeah, realize that. Like a yeah.
1: philosopher and a kind of just free thinker as well. It uh, doesn't mind a beer, which is always sits well, too. So he, he, like, he's like,
0: wait, what was that sentence you said? Was that English? He doesn't mind a butte? It uh, doesn't mind a beer. Oh, a beer, beer. Okay, OK, OK, yes, yes.
1: Yeah. And he's like he just yeah, his impact on the group here. Can't be overstated. It's crazy how much influence he has and just how, yeah, like his attention to detail across the board, how that sort of permeates into the culture amongst the people, and even how it's kind of influenced my own approach to everything has been wild in just three months. So, dude, I'm pumped to see kind of how it continues to grow with him at the helm. He really is kind of, I think, the secret weapon. And I say secret weapon because there'd be people that don't even know him, um, but of this training group for sure.
0: He um he has crazy pedigree. He's been around forever. That's what people don't know, also don't yeah. understand. I mean, he's like he's like Miko Salo, old school,
1: yeah, dude. I think that's how he even met. I mean, I won't take away from his stories or anything like that, but I think that's how he met Annie going to the games with Miko and then. I mean, they've been together, I think, since 2009, maybe. And uh, she's got to be one of the most consistent and decorated females in the sport, if not the most consistent and decorated. And then you look at BKG as well. Like he's been with the Army since. right, right.
0: I'm sorry, I forgot. Dude, and he's
1: He's such a stud too. And so kind of like overlooked when it comes to a lot of the athletes, but his consistency. And, you know, they've both been with the Army for forever. And that is a huge testament to him, I think
0: um bkg bkg is kind of this um europe scott panchick right
1: yeah for sure for sure like he's just, I mean, he's just so there consistent. he's the rock yeah 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 just won the quarterfinals then as well like yeah he he's good man and that the training environment with that crew is just it's it's unbelievable
0: is is bkg a bit of a mental monster is he like is his shit like like a trap door <laughs> like he seems fucking solid
1: yeah, bro. He So he'll kind of be in a workout and he's just got the most stoic face. And then every now and again, you'll just hear like a, ah! and then he'll just go
2: back
1: to doing. <laughs> and I think the first time that we heard that kind of happen in a workout, it was very nice to hear that he was human because you just watch the dude and he's just monstering. And then all of a sudden, there'll be like a, ah! and then all of a sudden, he's back to just competing as normal. But yeah, dude, I think they're all – mental monsters here just the mindset amongst everyone is what can you what can we possibly be doing day in and day out to be getting better in every way shape or form and that decision making process is you can just see how it influences so many things and it's it's really cool to kind of have that rub off on me a little bit
0: have you did you remember you and i ever meeting like shaking hands and meeting Yes,
1: I actually have a funny story for you um, about the first time that we met. So Mm. when I started CrossFit in 2012, I was Mm. uh, studying journalism at university and I was also doing TV and radio presenting at a um, performing arts place. And so I kind of wanted to do the whole on-camera journalism. That was a thing that I would kind of looked into. When I came into the CrossFit space, I was a massive fan of the behind the scenes and I don't know. Are you familiar with, um, I'm sure you are familiar with Louis Thoreau?
0: The British guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. He's at it. Dude. He's amazing.
1: Well, I'm about to pierce in your amazing. pocket. I kind of saw you as this CrossFit Louis Thoreau with your behind the scenes. Wow, thank you. Questions. And so when I made the games in 2014, I was like, fuck, here we go. You're going to go to the CrossFit games. You're going to get to meet Savannah, this CrossFit Louis Thoreau, maybe you can chat to him about journalism stuff you'll be able to riff back and forth and i remember it but being clear as day there was like a circle of us sitting around in 2014 and you came over and you had your camera i think you like asked one question ask the next guy a question ask the next guy a question and the camera kind of came to me and he just kind of stood up and walked away and my little heart just <laughs> broke i
2: was like,
1: <laughs> I, I'm like do you know why oh i probably did goodness. that and when you as anxious as I do, you then spent the I then spent the next year being like, "Fuck, why does he hate you so much? Why does this guy fucking hate you? Like, what have you done so horribly <laughs> Rob. You you know but why? Yeah, I, I, I remember that, and then I remember chatting. To you.
0: Say that again. You remember what?
1: And then I, then I remember it? chatting to you a bit in 2015, though, and that was all good.
0: Oh, and where did we chat in 2015? Just like what what you were backstage somewhere?
1: Yeah, I want to say that there was like a couple of just things walking up to the, um, competition arena. I was probably shit scared of you at this point thinking that that 2014 thing meant way more than it actually did. And I just need yeah. to avoid you because you probably hate my guts and everything along those lines, but, um, uh, such is the nature of anxiety, mate. It's a hell of a trip.
0: I'm S I'm S I'm super intimidated by, um, uh, a beauty like very, very intimidated by beauty. That's why I struggle to interview, uh, women. I struggle, ah, struggle. So I was probably crazy intimidated by how good you looked. I know that sounds kind of weird, but it's, but <laughs> it's, it, it, I have to tell you it's it's like real for me. Like not, it's not.
1: I don't, I don't dismiss that at all. Everyone. I has couldn't
0: different. interview the girls and I've had to ask my wife to help me interview the women at the CrossFit games before when I was doing the behind the scenes, crazy intimidated oh. by beauty.
1: Oh dude. So I, I can kind of resonate with that. Like I, if I was out and about and I see like a really attractive girl, there's no way in the world I'm going up to talk to people. Yeah, the yeah. There is no way in hell I'd be way too so intimidated.
0: And I'm, I'm almost like that around all women, like just period. Like I don't mm-hmm. think like like fat girls, skinny girls, like all girls, I, I, I think are attractive. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, it's like the, the, for me, it's, I'm wide open. And so yep. I'm uh, – th- th- and they used to joke around that, about that at HQ too. They'd be like, oh, Sevon has 15 interviews with the dudes. <laughs> <laughs> and in They're a way, wrong. it's like, hey, that's what I do. I point my camera at shit that, that's beautiful all day, but with the women like and, – and, and there's a sort of a – um, yeah. And, and so some dudes have would have that effect on me too. You know what I mean? Like Matt Fraser does not have that effect on me, uh, but maybe you do <laughs> – or like rich froney does you know what yeah. i mean
1: yeah i mean i thank you i don't even yeah. know how to respond yeah. to well that. it just is i'm not giving a little bit but yeah dude that was that was kind of my first memory and i was like man that's gonna be a funny story because yeah like been a huge fan of yours and the stuff that you were doing since way back in the day then and definitely as a former journalism student and you know fan of that kind of stuff it was it was really really cool and it was cool to See the work that you did when you guys were doing that sort of stuff, and now with the podcast as well, it's fucking awesome.
0: Thanks, I'm having fun.
1: Yeah, Um,
0: those those people who um you're with um they they are all they were all great to me. Uh, Catherine, Annie, Yami, BKG. Well, they were always so easy. I can walk. I mean, Catherine and and Annie can handle the camera. I mean, they were always so welcoming. As scary as it was to interview them um they mm-hmm. they really know knew, always knew how to like be wide open to me were they were, yeah, they were really cool
1: it's yeah they're so good when it comes to handling that stuff. It's kind of crazy that Jim have you ever been to Reykjavik? Question, Reykjavik?
0: I, I I was there once, but I, I suspect maybe she's moved i i, I and, um, when i the first time I went there, I got to basically take is, i basically hung out with Annie for like a week. And mm. I got to take so many pictures of her and, and film yeah. her so much. It was, man, I was so excited. It was amazing.
1: What a place to come and shoot content. Of, Is, it Is it
0: huge? Are they in the same location they've been in for 10 oh, years? Yeah, it's
1: a massive, long location. And when you walk in, it's almost like there's like a viewing <laughs> platform at the top where you can kind of see out over the whole gym.
0: Okay. So I, I walked in on a bottom floor. There was a top floor, but I walked in on a bottom floor.
1: Uh, you might have walked in around the back, but it's
0: really long, okay. like
1: crazy massive space, yeah? Yes,
0: yeah, massive.
1: Yeah, so I, it might still be the same place, but it's it's crazy to see just how popular it is, not just obviously with the members they have there, but you get so many people and they come and drop in and they're clearly there to just come and watch the girls train like, you know, like to think that they're for there for the team and they're there to see Annie and Cat train for sure. right, it's right. Crazy. They'll come in and there's these glass panels up the top and they'll just stand up the top and they'll just watch, film. Some will come a little bit closer and they just stand there and they're just filming the girls training. And it's almost like animals in the zoo. Yeah. They're so they're so good with it. They're so fine with it. The way they kind of, they'll always kind of go and talk to them afterwards and take a photo and stuff as well. And so I'm not surprised to hear that they were kind of easy enough on camera. And then, like, yeah, it's it's a crazy environment, dude. It's such a cool gym.
0: So that's just known in that country, huh? Like you could, if, like you you can go by uh, Reykjavik and you can poke your head in, and there's a chance you might see these world class athletes training.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've even seen people just turning up, not going in the gym, and getting photos out the front. At, there's a CrossFit Reykjavik sign. Yeah. Where you go to walk in, and I've seen I'm people stopping and getting photos at that. It is, it is a landmark here. There's some sort of, uh, I don't know what it is. It has some sort of kind of saying that the cab drivers, it's the second most requested place to go in Reykjavik
0: behind, behind the big church. Wow. And, and do the, Oh yeah. I remember the big church.
1: Yeah. It's cool. Huh? Um,
0: yeah. It was very cool. It, ha- it like there's, there's all these skylight, there's like a skylight bubble there on the ground, right. And like grass growing yeah. on it and all that.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think that's still there anymore at the church.
0: Yeah, like, um, ba- basic. Um, basically, part of the church is underground, and so on the top, when you walk up to the church, weren't there just tons of skylights that go down to the ground? No, no. Maybe I don't up- think
1: that's the one, unless they've taken it away. They've just changed the door though, and it's got a bright red door with a symbol very similar to the one on your shirt. It's very
0: cool. Oh, good, good. This is where I yeah. got that idea from there.
1: <laughs> oh, Norse mythology church. Well, it kind of, It's not. It's a Catholic church or a Christian church, but I think it looks very Norse and very mythological kind of door.
0: Um, how do you get it, – it's you, and did you know Tola before
1: this? So I knew Tola sort of through Justin, through Kotler and the underdogs crew, and uh-huh. then I got to hang with him at the games last year when we went – we were on the demo team. Okay, yeah.
0: Wow. But then you, in Lawrence, you were on the demo team last year.
1: Yeah, me, Tola, and Newbury. That was a lot that's of fun. The,
0: yeah, that's the last uh, – you got the last bit of Castro.
2: Yeah,
1: man. That, <laughs> fuck, that's the fucking to even think about. That was – yeah, dude. Man, it's not going to be that – surely. Oh, man, it's not going to be the same without a demo team of yours. That was – such a cool experience dude to have done the games kind of team and individual and then to have got to do that which now you say that makes it even more kind of crazy to think about getting like the last let's call it the proper demo team with dave man fuck that's that makes the experience even more 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 kind of special
0: you guys have a the, the demo team has a very unique relationship with dave i don't think people realize it right
1: Yeah. You get to see, I mean, I've always really liked Dave and really liked the way that he kind of did things (coughs) and games, put the tests together and have only had really good experiences with him. So I was excited to go, but the level of appreciation I had for him after doing that and getting to see the games almost through his lens and through that kind of demo team role Dude, it was, it just, yeah, was even cooler. And it really gave such a greater appreciation for the amount of effort that he puts into the tests and just what the games meant to him, like as a, as an entire thing, as an entire concept. It is a
0: very cool, cool role. The, the you, you see something like if, if someone like when people come and see my gym at my house, it's on, it's on social media a lot. And when people come, they're always like, oh, it's so much smaller in person, but um, the games is the opposite. When you get yeah. to look behind the behind the curtain, you're like, holy shit, I had no yeah. idea, right? It's yeah, bigger yeah. than you even could imagine.
1: Dude, it's wild. The amount of work that everyone that's involved is putting in, it's, yeah, it, you really have to say it to understand it. And you don't when you're an athlete. You walk, right. you're in the back room, you warm up, you walk out that little thing past like oh, in Madison now, you go past the fans in that area, you do your workout. You might hear a briefing, then you kind of walk back and do your own thing. So you, you you understand the size of it, and especially having done it in LA as well. But yeah, to kind of see behind the curtain like that, yeah, it's 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 wild.
0: So there's so many questions fighting to come go come it, mate. To, to, to come to the front. Um you, you've been to the crossing game six times. Yes. Is is this Is, is this going to be the most unique experience? Is is this event with where you are in your headspace? And, and we'll get to that um, wh- where you are in your headspace. But with where you are in your headspace and being around this Iceland, this team in Iceland, do you think that this is a, a new Con Porter? Oh, absolutely. I think this is going to be like a, a whole, like if every year you've been taking a Ferrari to the games. This year, you're taking a whole new beast. Yeah. Super Tesla. I, I,
2: <laughs> a
1: super
0: tesla there we go <laughs> i couldn't um, think of anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: running on electricity mate yeah honestly very the much
0: content much- that's coming out makes it sound like like you're being rebuilt better than ever before like that
1: they- this is without a doubt and in so many different ways like i was very much i mean this was kind of the perfect opportunity for what where i was at competitively personally in every kind of aspect of my life and this popped up It was a very quick yes from me. And I think that was, I think I was last pick and they'd gone through a few people and then it was kind of like getting desperate. Wow. Who the hell can we get to jump in last minute? Because I didn't get the call up until Christmas day, Boxing Day, and then I was due to go to Waterpalooza two weeks after that. So it was basically a two-week turnaround between me getting the call up and jumping on a plane. But it was just the right time for me to do something like this and... I kind of knew coming into this season that if I wanted to have another crack either individually or whether I found a team or something along those lines, I was going to have to go, let's call it all in. I was going to have to put in full effort into this season and I was going to have to approach it in a way that I hadn't done before, maybe except the first year that I kind of made the games in 2014 from 13 to 14. And the issue with that was was Sydney and where I was going to be the best environment for me to do that. And there was... A couple of options floated around to kind of go and train elsewhere and to go maybe even to go to Vegas with Justin Kotler, because he's a very good friend of mine, Um, and to kind of have an approach like that. But I still, I was kind of still on the fence about exactly what I was going to do. So when this opportunity presented itself, it was a very quick yes for me. And then it was kind of like after I'd said yes, all the reasons why that was making the best decision, that was the best decision kind of started to fall into place. And, yeah, a big part of that was definitely being able to be put myself in an environment that was conducive to me getting better and wanting to get better, minimising distractions, holding myself accountable to another group of people and to a group of people that were levels above, you know, any obviously came third last year at the game. She's the benchmark in this team. When you're going into the gym every day, to pers- like that's the benchmark, you can't help but make better decisions, like ongoing make better decisions to kind <coughs> of move yourself towards that and to keep up with her in that respect. And then, yeah, man, it's been challenging in a lot of ways being here and adjusting to, you know, a lot of different lifestyle things. But, again, I just think that I was in the right place in my life um personally and i had the right kind of uh, mentally i was ready to take on the responsibility and also the i can't even think i can't think of the word but like to be able to deal with the potential failure of going all in on something like this and then let's say we don't we aren't successful in our role to be able to kind of go okay uh, I, I went all in and there was no backup and this was a hundred percent effort. And if a hundred percent is not good enough, then you process that and move on. And I think I'm kind of in a really cool place with that. And it's been a really cool adventure.
0: You you said that you weren't the first choice. There's mm. part of that. Since you know that as part of you, like can you use that as fuel? Like, okay, I'll yeah. show you. I'll show you why I should have been the first choice. Motherfucker.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've never thought of it like that. I kind of just looked at it like I'm very much, if something like that comes, if someone says that to me, I'm very much someone that will kind of go, okay, well, let's try and think through why that was the case and let's try not to take that personally. But, yeah, I've definitely, like I'm aware of it and I am certainly carry that awareness with me in how I approach training and whilst I still try to make training as enjoyable and keep things lighthearted as much as possible, yeah, it's certainly...
0: Like leverage it, like let your ego, leverage your ego with it, manipulate yourself with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. There was an element of kind of, yeah, but not even just in that respect. Like I think there's so many ways in which I'm constantly trying to prove to myself as well as the rest of the team that I am good enough and that I'm worthy of being here and that I'm worthy of being in a team that has the goal of trying to win the CrossFit games. And that in of itself is a, is an ongoing journey. And it's one that certainly has its hiccups, but
0: it's, it's, yeah, that definitely feeds into it. What a trip, huh? <laughs> what what a, a trip. Someone, someone as established as you still has to, to fight those demons. I mean, it's, I, I think it's, I think it's everyone.
1: Yeah, bro. I think that's human nature. I think, I think we all fight them in different ways and we all question ourselves and our self-worth in different ways respects but um yeah I mean that's been a fundamental part of who I am and since I was a kid like I'm constantly questioning myself and that's something I'm really working on I have been really working on here and that's that's the other thing this environment has been a real opportunity to start to spend a lot of time on my own get up spend a lot of time kind of figuring out yeah, how to kind of have those conversations with myself, how to prove, you know, maybe it's not a matter of proving to myself that I'm good enough, but just accepting who I am. And that's been a big part of this journey too.
0: I had this guy on last night named Jordan Levitt. He's fighting this Saturday. He's nine and one in the UFC. He's, he's oh, a fighter.
3: nice, Yeah.
0: And he said, I, I can't remember who told him this or if he read it in a book. Was it was it him who told said this? I was so impressed by this. Um, he said, you have to stop listening to yourself and talk to yourself. Yeah, fuck. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, I've I've read a million self-help books like that one fucking yeah. fuck.
1: dude, and fuck that's crazy. That whole idea of talking to yourself. I'll extend on that with something that came to light for me recently. I was meditating and every now and again, which you probably wouldn't tell because I've been fidgeting the whole time I'm on this bloody camera, but every now and again, I'll just felt call. Cool, I feel called cool to just sit with myself and put on some music and just kind of like go deep and deep and dark and sometimes it's all over the place. And I was meditating recently and I was sitting in the corner of the room, just over to the side there. And I had this music on and I just was hit with this profound insight. Whilst I was meditating and I was thinking, it's going to sound weird. It was as if my thoughts were me speaking to someone else. It was explaining myself to someone else. It was explaining my thought process. It was very external and it was very externally projected. And I kind of just like, Dude, like I To the point where I broke down, it hit me so hard. I don't talk to myself. I don't talk to myself and I don't have these conversations where I'm not trying to be or do anything for other people, where it's purely and simply a conversation with myself. And, yeah, I'm good at listening to myself. I'm good at listening to that inner critic particularly. And, yeah, I'm good at kind of sitting there and figuring out ways to articulate how I think and how I feel that's processable and that's kind of uh you know articulating being able to articulate that for other people to understand because i think when you kind of go through various mental bits and pieces like mental health bits and pieces, you kind of are forced to figure out how to kind of articulate that because you that can be quite a lonely experience if you're not able to share that with someone else but yes yeah, sitting there and being like man i don't talk to myself like where what where's the conversations that i want to have like what do i want how do i feel like without it without there being an external why am i so afraid of sitting and just talking to myself so that's that's cool that that was what he said as well that's fuck yeah might might be some truth to
0: it then yeah i i I really liked it how how old are you con 32 getting there (laughs) yeah i i i i I read, I read the morning chalk up article. You, you, uh, you wrote fantastic article and I watched the interview. I think it's mind is RX or mind something. Yeah.
1: Mindset RX guys.
0: Yeah. It, incredible. Awesome podcast. Awesome. I can't believe it, it had so few views. I mean, it, it you, you basically talked about it all. It, it, it was really good.
1: It was a good podcast. Uh, when you shared that thing, I was like, "Oh, I forgot! I, I forgot I even did that." I think I was—I don't even remember where I was. Maybe Vegas or something. I'm not even, I don't even remember where I was when I did that. But yeah, he was—he was very good. The guy, Tom from Mindset RX, he was very good.
0: He's a good listener. Hmm. Very good listener. <laughs> this is the this is the part I struggle with. Hmm there it i struggle with the labeling of 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 certain aspects of mental health so mm-hmm. so many people will be like hey i'm adhd or i'm ocd or i'm depressed and i think a healthy man and i have my bias between the age of 20 and like 35 um these things that are labeled those things i think we all go through i think all healthy men go through
1: yeah I agree to an extent.
0: Continue, sorry. No, no. So um and I I get concerns not the right word. Maybe defensive is a better word. When when some of these things are named and mm. given life, mm. but they're just ideas, I get concerned that people will become attached to them. Mm. And carry them with them their whole life. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I. that's something that I wrestle with a lot and I wrestle with that and I kind of have two perspectives, one on each side of the equation and that's kind of how I like to look at all of these kind of questions. The first is with that kind of, I think that all mental health and mental health labels exist on a spectrum and you're exactly right. I think we can all exhibit characteristics that adhere to, that are in line with those kind of, let's call it diagnoses, if you will. Particularly young men as well, like with ADHD, for example. I also think that there is a lot to be said and a lot of research that needs to be done into personality and the way that personality difference can potentially lead itself to v- exhibiting characteristics that could become pathologized even when they aren't, if that makes sense. So yeah. I find I find personality psych fascinating. It's my favorite sect of all of psychology. And I was introduced to it when I did a in one of my like early intro to psych subjects. And then I went on to do Jordan Peterson has a really brilliant personality psychology course. It's like a five-hour course and it's phenomenal. And with that, when you learn about the big five personality traits and you start to realize that I, I don't know if there's been anything that's had as a profound impact on the way that I view myself, others in the world as learning about personality psychology and learning about personality differences. And a big part of what I wrestle with, with what you're saying about the labeling is the idea that when you look at someone's personality and you look at how someone's personality is made up, It's certainly easy to see how personality differences, particularly if you've got one person that's doing the diagnosing that's personally quite different to the person that's exhibiting the symptoms and the issues, how that can then lead to over-diagnosis. And that can lead to that over-assignment of labels to what's relatively, let's call it normal behavior or normally abnormal behaviors. So I agree in that respect, but the flip side to that then is does having a label and does that label and what that label can teach you, so for example, I've always struggled to focus, but I never knew until someone said, you have ADHD, That hang on a second. I never connected the dots of actually that I needed to do specific things to help improve my focus. I was just, I had trouble focusing on one thing at a time. So I tried to multitask and then I just end up all over the place and getting frustrated at myself and not completing the tasks on time. So that's where I see that labels can be beneficial if they're used productively. You're right. If someone just takes a label and they run with that and they think that's kind of a sentence because, like I said, all these things exist on a spectrum and you can improve the symptoms along the way. If I didn't have that label, if I wasn't given that label of ADHD and I had to kind of just stab in the dark to figure out why and not really not really even understand that I couldn't focus, then maybe I wouldn't have gone ahead and read a bunch of books on how to focus or and figured out kind of processes within my work to make that happen. But I think it's like with everything, mate, it's how you use the label. It, it can be a death sentence or it can be a form of liberation. And I think it can be something that's very powerful in allowing people to help themselves or to get help um if they use it the right way but and that's something that i'm super big on and i talk about a lot like the difference between being vulnerable and playing the victim and i think that that's something that societally we have a big issue with at the moment for a lot of different reasons um but more than anything else i think we what we need to be super conscious of is these labels like you said they're just ideas And they're just words and what they should be are tools to help people make better choices, improve themselves and improve their lives. What they shouldn't be is like a little card that you get given and you get together, "Ah, sorry, ADHD, can't do that. Or "Ah, sorry, ADHD, I'll never be able to improve this, blah, 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 blah. And that's where so much of the conversations around mental health at the moment drive me absolutely bonkers because they are, it's too surface level and it's too kind of, yeah you know like oh man like so brave for saying that you have this i'm like no i'm not it's fucking frustrating having adhd it's frustrating not being able to concentrate well let's let's get rid of the label it's frustrating not being able to concentrate um it's frustrating not being able to sit still and it's frustrating getting so anxious that i wake up in the middle of the night thinking why did savant take the camera off me he must hate you you're a piece of shit human being like like that's not, that's not brave to be those things. It's annoying to be those things. What's brave is actually doing work. What's brave is having the level, like if having a level of introspection to realise that these things are work. Like you can make changes in your life. You can do things to improve your situation no matter what anyone fucking tells you, you can. You always have the choice to take some action. And what's brave is then taking that action and sticking to it as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I I get super passionate about conversations around mental health. And I think that I don't necessarily, I think I piss people off on both sides of the conversation because I don't think that I necessarily. Well,
0: if people are attached, if people are attached to something, first, let me see if I understand you correctly. You're basically, I I think we see it the same way. It's Mm -hmm. a, let's say Yami sees you walk across the room and he says, hey, you have an imbalance. And he goes, and you go, what do you mean? And he says, I see your right hip is higher than your left hip, the left side of your hip. And so you start working on it. You start, mm-hmm. you start, you, you, you put in a practice of some sort of movements to, to make that adjustment. So if you're, if you, Hey, um, th- th- there are people who there's levels of focus and people who, um, haven't cultivated a lot of focus. We call as people with ADHD, mm-hmm. um, um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to give you some practices to help you cultivate focus. Okay, what are some of those practices? Well, one of them is, is to sit here and look at that light that's on the wall. And it's going to move very slowly for the next 60 seconds. And you're just going to watch it and cultivate focus. Hmm. That's visual focus. And then th- that, that I'm understanding you right, right? It's, not, it's not your limit. It's not, your, it's not who – you're not the – like a, what's his name? Uh, Logan Aldridge only has one arm. Yeah, There's no fixing that. Yeah. He has one arm. Mm. It's a label that it, it, it fits him, mm. but ADHD is something that you could cultivate. You could. It, it's to it's to say, hey, wh- you're you're out of balance a little bit. We we can fix that. You can cultivate some awareness.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I think, like I said, it's not. It's a, it should be a guidepost. Those labels should be guideposts to be able to go. I mean, it's broader than just the focus for me. Like it goes <laughs> things like I'm doing a DBT course at the moment, which is amazing. It's for emotional regulation, and that's what's that DB,
0: be- DBT. What's that?
1: dialectical behavioral therapy Uh and so it's a form of therapy that's focused around helping manage uh emotions emotional like maladaptive emotional responses to stimuli and stuff like that we could all improve our emotional regulation so it's something that everyone could kind of do i mean some people i mean this is where it goes back to personality like there are just different people that are going to respond more emotionally to situations because they're higher in neuroticism, trait neuroticism or whatever it is like that. And that's where, yeah, are these are these labels negative or are these labels guideposts? Yeah, yeah. I think we're we on the right track and I'm just kind of waffling here but saying the same thing. I believe they should be guideposts and I believe they should be things that help people and that's a lot of the conversations I try to have around mental health. A lot of the content I try to put out around mental health is very action-oriented, very kind of use these tools to make positive changes in your life. Don't get bogged down with identifying with whatever the challenges that you are, that you have or face because that's how you become stuck and it's not productive for you. It's not productive for anyone that wants to take part in these conversations around mental health.
0: Um, do you do you remember learning what the word focus, um, uh, meant? Because I didn't know uh, I had no idea what focus was until I was in my twenties, and it was the I did um I did some MDMA, I did ecstasy, and I was in a backyard somewhere, and I started focusing, <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, you can see the world around y'all. Huh? This is focus. I'm focusing. I'm actually looking at this bird. Hmm. And okay. and and uh, but you hear adults say that to kids all the time. Focus, focus, focus. It was said to me a thousand times. I had no idea what it. I, I didn't even know what it meant.
3: Hmm.
0: It needed. It should have been defined for me when I was seven. Someone should have played a game with me, like rolled a basketball and been like, follow this ball. and hmm. Done it ten times.
1: Do you think that that sort of speaks volumes to the way that s- the schooling systems work? Because that's something I give a lot of thought to as well. Yeah, I had no fucking clue how to focus because it was never taught to us. We're taught how to yeah and subtract, which we can do on a calculator. You know, these are even emotional regulation, now that I'm doing this DBT course, like that's something that I'm like, man, why aren't they fucking teaching this in schools? Like, this is how you should be educating people to process their emotions, to deal with them so that they don't get bogged down with them later in life and they don't find themselves in situations where they are emotionally ruled, particularly these days. Like think about how many kind of emotionally charged conversations and, Situations kind of escalate because of poor emotional regulation. It's endemic. It's huge, and we're not taught that as kids. Really,
0: like it's kind of just it doesn't exist. Same. No, it's not. It's not talked about. Not not for any bad reason. It's just it's just not. It's it's like Mm -hmm. like smelling isn't talked about. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's just kind of it's just like assumed. Oh yeah, they'll figure that out.
0: Yeah, Uh, there's a guy. I wonder what you think about this. So, So by the way, so once I learned to focus, I would focus on all my senses. I begin, and, and, and to this day, I do it. I cultivate all of them. I, mm. I cultivate um, feeling,
3: mm.
0: not the feelings we're talking about, emotional feelings, but feeling. Yep. I cultivate listening.
2: Mm. I spend
0: time every day um, focusing just on my ears and listening. I make sure I don't, I, I listen to the things in my, I listen to it in me. I realize the sounds over, even though I hear the wind chimes over there, I focus on inside my ears. You know, I cultivate smell every, I cultivate, you know, all of them, sight. So you can cultivate awareness of all your five senses. Um, Do you have specific practices?
1: Sorry to, to, to ask because no. I'm super curious. Yeah. Do you have specific practices for each of those senses and cultivating them? Because I think that you're going to probably get people that are going to listen to this, be like, oh, like, I'd love to hear what he's saying about it. And like, that's, I think that's awesome tools that people can take away. Well, I mean, I'm personally interested as
0: well. You have to, exp- you have, you have to go into all of them. You have mm-hmm. to go into all of them. but And I want to, but I want to share another idea with you. um um, well the first thing is just to finish to close up the first thing is you have to spend time alone yes you have to spend time alone and even when you start to meditate um whatever that word means you have to realize that you could be meditating for like 10 minutes and then just realize oh shit i haven't been meditating and then it will just click in and then you'll meditate for like three seconds and then it will go away and then 10 minutes later be like oh shit i haven't been meditating again and then you'll meditate for six seconds it's a trippy process Mm -hmm. i I spoke to uh uh, do you know who dorian is fitness lani uh maybe the name old school old school crossfitter became a monastic monk uh, vanished for five years yeah basically sat in a buddhist monastery all alone for basically five years more or less and then he, he he came out uh, recently just to to, to do, do a trip to Brazil to sit for another, you know, six months. And I was able to cross paths, paths with him and have him at my house. Fascinating man, con. I, I mean, oh, dude, sounds it sounds fascinating, but I was, I was like, yeah, dude, I was like, sometimes I'll sit for, you know, uh, uh, you know, an hour and I'll realize that I wasn't paying attention at all. And I'll be like, man, he goes, dude, sometimes I'll sit for a month and I'll realize I wasn't listening. I was like,
1: Oh shit. <laughs>
0: fuck yeah
1: I'm just like wow it's like when you read you're reading a book and you read 10 pages and you're like the fuck did I just read like did I like where was I just then and yeah I yeah. love like, fuck that would be yeah and you, you did a podcast with him or you just had him at your house no
0: I just I just was lucky enough to have him at my house dude that's so cool so um uh but there's this there's this there's this there's this, there's this mathematician and he used um named P.D. Ospensky p d the letter p the letter d and then Auspensky just like it sounds and he was a turn of the century 1900s uh mathematician and what the paradigm that he used to explain the brain and this is to connect to what you were saying about emotion is he says the 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 slowest part of the brain is is the intellect the talking Oh, you look in the mirror and you hear the voice say, Oh, you have your hair looks good today, Khan. Oh, Sevan, you did a good job spreading the the clay around in your hair today. Oh, thank you. You know, that's the slowest. And you kind of you have control over that one the most. Then the then the next um fastest is emotion. And that one's that one's faster than intellect. And that's why so many people believe it is real. Mm. Because intellect you can kind of catch. You can it can say something and you can manipulate it easy. Um, and, and you could change it because it's slow and, and everyone usually has enough awareness to – I shouldn't say everyone. A lot of people have enough awareness to control their intellect. Mm. But emotion, people believe it's real because it shows up and before yep. – most people don't have enough awareness. That's a so powerful. Yeah. They don't have enough awareness to see where it came up from mm. and, uh, and they get carried away by it. Yeah. So and, that's- and, and, and so and so they think it's real. They turn into a robot. Sorry, I'm going to give you the floor in one second. I just want to I'm go sorry. to the. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. I need to no, 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 no. Interrupting is my forte. I love an interrupter. Um, and the third fastest is um is the body, and that's why we can't. And, and the body learns how to ride a bike, and it learns how to swim. That's why I can't. You can't be like, okay, Sevon, this is how you're going to ride a bike.
3: Hmm. I
0: mean, you could tell me, but my intellect will ne- or my emotion will never be fast enough. The body is. The body intelligence is super fast, right? Like someone throws a rock at you, and it's like this. Your emotion, your intellect is like like still sleep. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then yeah. afterwards, your your emotion is like it's so angry. Someone threw a rock at you, and then your intellect gets a hold of it. It's like who the fuck threw that? You know, it's like tick, tick, tick. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then and then by far the fastest are these things that we we say are automatic: hmm. breathing, heartbeat, but but people who've cultivated enough awareness know that those aren't even automatic. Yeah, right. And that emotion and then or then body, then emotion and then intellect. The crazy part is the only way to watch all of those things is through stillness. Mm. So to see all this crazy storm of movement. But that's his I don't know if what he's saying is true. Mm. But it's an amazing paradigm, right? To look at the the unit. And so he kind of advocates
1: for cultivating awareness at the different uh, – at each different level specifically, like just having that awareness of breathing, your heart beating, and then that being able to feed through into better control so it's not – like automating less of those steps.
0: So that you're not carried away – I forget what the word you use, but I, I – what I think of those things as emotion – like Emotional maturity, emotional hmm. IQ. It's yeah. you start to see these things as you start working on them. Someone flips you off, and and before you had this practice, it upset you. Hmm. But now you see the upsetness come up, and you see it like an alchemist, you let it transform into something else. It, you just it just passes through you. Yeah, it, no, you do that. not own. You do not own it. You don't have to own every emotion, every int- thought, every. But but this takes cultivating. Hmm awareness I
1: think kind of what the dbt stuff that i've been doing is very much about it's, it's okay and that yeah, was my question yeah it's allowing that so it's allowing yourself to feel an emotion to understand it to label it and not not judge it to not let it influence then you're like you said just let it pass through to understand that you're not your emotions that if you let it, like you said, you, and a lot of the time, emotional responses will have a physiological response. You'll feel anger, and your body will kind of your body will respond physically to that too. And then it's being able to let those things happen, and then bring your intellect into the equation when it's finally back online to be able to get back in control. So I like that. I've never heard of the four like the down, down, down. I really like that kind of.
0: I might, maybe I have, but it's just a nice little it's reminder. Cool. It's really Yeah, cool. yeah. and and I, I like I said, it's like we were going back to before ADHD. Right. It's not so true that you should be attached to it forever. Mm. But it is a an idea that you can use to help to work on the system. Correct. Right? Yeah. Correct. Like really it's just all one whole, but we're breaking it into four pieces so that maybe you could start tinkering with them. Like, Hey, it is just one hip, but let's break it down and say that there's a right and a left. Let's use these ideas to, to then maybe get them balanced. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. I really like that.
1: Yeah. It's a very cool way of looking at it. Fuck yeah. I love it.
0: And when, when, um, when when the when the CEO of CrossFit Eric Rosa said that he had mental illness it is a it's a very sensitive issue, right? Correct. And some and some people were um hey, it's it's so brave of you to come out and talk about mental illness. And my response was, "Hey, I, I don't, I don't want the, the, I don't want my airline pilot coming on the, the air when we're thirty thousand feet over the, air, uh, you know, you, when we're flying over Australia thirty thousand feet. Hey, telling me, hey, I got a fucking mental illness.
2: Yeah,
1: I. It's probably again, going to piss the people off, but I tend to agree, and that's from someone that has wrestled with serious mental illness. I don't know his circumstances, and I'm not- by the way,
0: I had serious mental illness too.
1: Yeah. So when you're mentally unwell, yeah. The last- the last thing I want to do when I'm mentally unwell is be tasked with making really big decisions. I I don't trust myself to do that. I don't understand. I don't know the circumstances there. I'm not going to make a comment on that specifically, but what I can speak on is my own experiences with it. And that's just, I mean, that's my two cents on the matter that said, I think that there should always be a forum for people to be able to speak about mental illness and to speak about the experiences they're going through, Um, particularly, like I've always said, if that's then conducive to, like it's a productive conversation, that's conducive to action being taken to work on them.
0: I would love, and and, and, and I'll, I'll own being very harsh to him, my, 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 I, I, I'm, I'm not a, a fan. I mean, for, for whatever, per, you know, all on me personal, personal issues. Um, but I, but I would like to have known, I, I also think that if, if I tell you, um, I, b- I believe that if, if you are in a place to do that, w- where you have mental illness and you state it, you should also then, then clo- close the door. And by, by that, I mean, I would like to know how he healed himself. I'd like to, I'd like to know the rest of that story. If you're going to yeah. use that, I, I would like, I'm trying to give an example. If I, let's say I called you and I told you I was really frustrated. Like I go, "Con, I'm just so frustrated with my wife right now. And I told you this whole story about how we're not getting along. I feel like I owe it to my wife and to you that three days later when we're getting along again and we're holding hands t- to circle back and close that door. Sure. Yeah. hundred percent. I, 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 I feel like I, ha- I, I owe that to you.
1: Yeah. And I think that comes with the, you know, making sure that pro- conversations around mental health are productive. Like, I, yeah, I completely understand what you're saying with that. Yes. I think yes. it's, I don't think it is necessarily anybody's business, but at the same time bringing it into the public forum. Yeah. Like I, I guess that closing of the door is a good analogy.
0: Um, have you ever been suicidal? yeah 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 or or let let me be more specific it's such a broad word have you ever thought about ending your life have you ever thought hmm i I wonder what my strategy would be with it yeah and i've
1: gone so far to go to bunnings which is a hardware store in australia and pick up that piping that was like the vacuum pipe to put on the exhaust of the car and put it in the window that's how i was gonna no shit yeah bro yeah i um something I've struggled with over the years has definitely been I believe it to be more of like suicidal ideation where it's just I become so frustrated and overwhelmed by anxiety and various feelings of helplessness hopelessness all those bits and pieces that it just becomes more of a like like a quick response where it's like a fuck this is the only way and like I said that's kind of Man, like I can—is it
0: because you know, it's so noisy? Is it because it's yeah, so noisy? Yeah.
1: Okay, it's there's just so much noise, and all of it—it's so much noise all the time. But there's moments where that noise will all turn dark, and it's so much of that dark noise for such oh. a long of time that there has been a few, and that being obviously kind of the worst, where that was, yeah, like it just—it it hits like a ton of bricks, man, and then it was almost like. In doing that, I was doing something productive to deal with the noise. Now, I'm not saying by any, like, huge fucking, like, by any stretch of the word, that, like, encouraging,
0: saying that that's productive at all because it's not. What, but, going to bunnies and getting the tubing? Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, that's not, like, it's a waste of money. It's a waste like, of a fucking money.
1: fucking thing to do at all. But, yeah, <laughs> like,
0: yeah, yeah, man. Like, but I feel you. I feel you on it. I feel you on it. I feel you on
2: it.
1: And it's kind of, and I mean, that's why, <clears throat> that's why, these conversations are so important to me and being vulnerable, but vulnerability being uh, talking about something with the intent, closing the door, with the intent to close it on it, with the intent to move through it, with the intent to work on it. That's why they're so important to me because there are people that will unfortunately go the whole way through with it i mean like suicide is the number one killer of young men in australia particular i think it's the number one killer of men between 18 and 35 it's a fucking staggering statistic and it's because people aren't having the right conversations around it
0: but yeah wait wait explain that to me explain that to me they're not having the right conversations about it uh, and i want to hear the details. So, so so sorry sorry I got so excited. So you go, I kind of don't want to I, I want to hear the details of the story, but when when I heard it when Ricky was doing steroids, all it made me want to do is steroids. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like if I watch a show, like if I watch Mad Men and they're just smoking and drinking and just fucking, like I just want to just like go to the store, get a pack of cigarettes, whiskey, and jump on my wife. You know what I mean? I'm so easily influenced. Yeah. Um uh so but um, so I I kind of want to ask you some questions about the the tubing. But I don't, want, I don't want to give anyone any ideas. Um, did, yeah, uh, I think you should really
1: put like a, I guess, I don't know if you, you have, I mean, it's, we're a live show now. So part, yep. like on the podcast, like a warning about sort of suicidal ideation, <coughs> know, that is a big thing that people should be aware that they're going to listen to if they are, if they are talking about it. Sure.
0: I, so let me jump to this. I don't think anyone can be as great as me if they didn't go through what I went through. I don't, I approached death so fucking closely mm. and survived mm. and, and, and I realized that there is no me. I survived, I survived yeah. my own death. And I heard you saying something in that podcast that made me realize that you, that, and I've heard you hint to it, not as strongly as you did in that podcast, but that there is no con Porter.
3: Mm.
0: And, um, and 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 that's what happens when you die and you don't die,
3: mm. but
0: but you have to. I, I, outside of like you know you drank too much, there, I think that there's really something healthy about approaching your own death, mm. but you got to survive it. Yeah, I agree. I think if, <laughs> if you don't, but if you don't, but I don't think that there's a path to enlightenment without approaching your own death is where I'm going. Mm-hmm. If you want or me to at least, yeah, or at least really,
1: really thinking about it.
0: Yeah. 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 Like to a scary point, you got to scare the shit out of yourself. Yeah. Did you ever get scared? Uh, Not, I I know, I know the voices, I know, I know the loudness is scary as fuck, but Mm -hmm. I mean, did you ever get, um, what do I mean by scared? Yeah.
1: I guess define scared. Did I ever feel like that I was losing, like lost control of myself or lose like that kind of a fear or that I would actually go through with it?
0: Yeah, that you'd actually that you were actually going through with it, like when you when you got when you were in the hardware store getting that stuff, were you starting to have like out of body experience? Yeah, dude, I was on autopilot
1: the whole fucking thing. Like from the time that just I remember I was driving, and this is something I'll do when I'm exceptionally anxious. I'll just drive, and I won't really know what it, I won't have anywhere that I'm going. I'm just kind of driving around, and this, 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 and the noise, and this, blah, 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 blah. And it was just like it was just autopilot. Like I I was there, but I wasn't, and I was just walk through the store find it go back out and it wasn't until I kind of got home and I was like like what the fuck just happened and that whole like yeah the whole thing like the the driving I was driving around around this kind of loop on this block and it's quite far from my house and then just circled back went there got it went back home and then I just went back into the house and put it up in the covers like what the fuck just happened like
0: and you, and you had was, tubing to hook up to the do you still yeah. have that tubing
1: it, I believe it might still be in the cupboard at my place back home. I think, I don't know if it's been thrown out yet because I moved my stuff out when I came over here or moved my stuff into storage. And I don't know, I think it may have been thrown out either before that. Um, My ex or my partner at the time, she might've thrown it out while I was away or yeah, probably got rid of it. But I don't know if it's still there, I have to ask her.
0: I was just thinking of something funny you could do with it, like burn it. As like a celebration, yeah, yeah. or maybe, or maybe like to <laughs> say something really me. dark. Hey, I decided not to kill myself. Who needs this? <laughs> <laughs> I could create like a little tubing,
1: one of those. Um, yeah. just make a little sculpture or something. But yeah, it was it was fucking a fucking potent experience. I think. How old were you? I oh, it Wasn't that long ago. A few, it was the same house. But I want to say. 2019 2020
0: 2020 do you think you you do you think you won or that's there
1: that's there as in like that will always be something i have to wrestle with
0: yeah i'm gonna ask you even something even let me let me let me hold hold that thought for a second let's say there there was this there was um, a, a crossfit gym on the east coast and the guy, um, everyone loved him in the community. He was the owner of the gym and he was a firefighter and it found out that he was molesting kids in the gym and he killed himself. Like there, there's some logic to that, right? Whether yeah. like he, he probably wasn't happy with his behavior as much as I, as much as I, um, I, and, and, it, and, it, and it probably happened to him. Mm. That's why he had that fucking behavior, right? And then, and then another example might be like soldiers, right? Let's say you go overseas and you kill you kill women and children for your country, and then you come home, and then you have to live with that, right? Mm. With what you did, and you can't face it. But there, but 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 it wasn't like that for you, right? Yeah. I I think I understand by by that. I mean, you weren't running from something.
1: Yeah. I think what you're trying to ask here is, do I think like, why, why did I get to that point? And yeah. Like,
0: what was that? The, like, I I wasn't running from anything.
1: Yeah. I'm the same. Like I'm not running from anything except myself. And I think that's where that idea of trying to figure out, like, this is its whole thing because I know logically and objectively I can sit back and look at Kantor and this is i mean maybe we'll, this will be like that whole idea of this concept of Kantor and I can look at the concept of Kantor and I can see this thing that you could look at and you could think you know and understand and see and that that thing that 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 concept has no reason to feel like that there is no logic there is no chain of I'm running from x or this 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 being in any way, it is it is not justifiable like that, but it doesn't and this is where it becomes this fucking and in of itself becomes this own form of push-pull where you logically, I logically know that and I logically feel that, yet this noise will still rise and it will still get dark and it will still make me feel the way that it feels and that feeling is so potent like we spoke about before that it will drive me to believe that that is the outcome i need to pursue and that the frustration in that is quite it is difficult to articulate because it is that it's this awareness that what i'm doing is logical is illogical. there it's i'm not running from anything i'm not there's no driving reason behind that it's just that my head like my
0: life should be perfect what the fuck is exactly, going on
1: <laughs> exactly and my head and, it's, and that's where it becomes like a, there is something that i will always wrestle with there is a darkness in me that i'll always wrestle with but this is where that this is what i talk about with that conversations of productive mental health this is where sharing my mental health journey is about empowering people to actually fucking do something about it because i know in those moments of logic that i that, that is the wrong decision mm-hmm. to make And I think that it's this why I'm, you know, working on the emotional regulation and all this kind of stuff to allow myself to step back from the noise and to let the noise occur without it being so powerful that it drives me to do that. Because, yeah, you're right, like it 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 isn't something there's no, you know, I had random shit happen to me when I was young that kind of made me, uh, you know, Insecure, upset, all these kind of things like but that everyone goes through and I understand that and this is where the personality stuff is interesting, how we respond to different things is so profoundly different that how it then shapes our thought process when we're older. Fuck, super interesting. But, yeah, like I understand from that kind of pragmatic perspective that that is in fact the way, you know, that is in fact the way that, that, that was illogical, that is an illogical kind of thing and that, yeah, this concept, this this this, Khan Porter shouldn't think that and Khan Porter shouldn't have that. But then what I'm now doing now is trying to integrate the idea that I'm allowed to have those thoughts and they can come and go. And like you said, like people should think about their own death in some capacity and being able to wrestle with that is is a skill in itself. But, yeah, it's, it's being able to let the noise come up, let the darkness kick in, and then being able to kind of ride through that, sit
0: with that, move through that in a healthy way. Um, w- why not just drink yourself to death?
1: Oh, fuck me, mate! It's a whole other topic of conversation. I've wrestled with the bottle for years, but like, oh, you have, and it's something that I've kind of only just started to talk about my unhealthy relationship with alcohol and back in the like days. just
0: put, po- you know what I mean? Just yeah. anytime it gets noisy, yeah,
1: hundred percent, dude. And I, 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 I little mean, little. I do
0: that in the smallest. Uh, I used to do that just all the time, even just yeah, one, bro. just one drink. Uh, it's yeah. getting, it's time, it's getting a little noisy. Dude, hundred percent And I can resonate. Just throw with down that. one beer, just quite that fucker.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. But mine was kind of, and I mean, I even went to therapy to try and get actual help to deal with changing my relationship to alcohol and going from drinking being a means of self-medication, yeah, quieting the noise. And that was one of the you know, it's one of the early experiences you have with that. You kind of you drink and then you go, fuck, like I feel all of a sudden it does quiet down for a little bit. What quietens down while you're fucking drinking. Then you wake up the next day and it's noisier than fucking ever. Uh, that was what
0: it got to the more, point. More alcohol, though. What, alcohol? I yeah. said more alcohol. Oh, exactly. Say, exactly. Day exactly. drinking. Yeah, bro. And yeah, that, that, but I kind of mean it seriously. Why Why? why couldn't you do – why couldn't you um...
1: – Because I made a decision that I don't want to – that's not the person that why I want Why didn't to you me. just
0: drink yourself to death? Okay.
1: okay. Because okay. that's not the person I want to be because if nothing else, <coughs> I have – a point to prove to myself, you know, you look at what, I, what I'm talking about when I say that I'm here at the right time and I'm in the right frame of mind to be here. It's because I'm ready to prove to myself that, you know, you, you talk about the dark, like talk about the noise and the dark thoughts and inevitably they turn pretty self-deprecating. And I use self-deprecating humor a lot as a way of, it's almost like a coping mechanism. And I think it's a very Australian thing too. But like that, that dark noise is kind of so self deprecative and so kind of critical that I just feel like it would, you know, it would be so easy. And Australian culture is such a big drinking culture as well. It's so easy to kind of get bogged down and just to be able to distract yourself with, dis- yeah, yeah, with, with numbing, with mindless yeah. numbing. And yeah, don't get bring me wrong, that shit I, away, dude. I still enjoy a beer. I still enjoy a glass of wine. We went out after the quarterfinals, but even that, like, we went out and I had all the tools. I could have gone out and had a big night and night. I chose not to because it's just trying to consistently make decisions because it's not like I'm 30 fucking two years old, man. I don't want to be this, like I want, you know, my, like I, I don't want to be, I don't want to numb that because because life is beautiful. The world is fucking incredible. There is so much that is worth enjoying and savoring and being a part of in existence like fucking existence is phenomenal and when you touch moments of that pure existence and I'm touching it more and more regularly being so fully present and understanding that the world is fucking beautiful and we're a part of that and that You have to choose to step into that. You have to choose to kind of actively work at being a part of that. Like that's enough for me to go, hey, like let's not just fucking numb yourself for the rest of your life and float on through. So, yeah, that's why because there's more to life than feeling like shit and you really have to actively want to step into that because it's fucking good when you do. And those moments, those moments of pure existence, let's call it, those moments of just feeling feeling so at one with myself and with the world, fuck, like I can cling to those when the noise starts to come back. And, yeah, like it's it's just – and it's a simple equation as well. Like what is this actually doing? How is this benefiting me? How is drinking myself stupid three out of four weekends in a row? Like how is that – Well, it's to give you you
0: reprieve. It's to give you reprieve, right? I mean you
1: have to – What's the cost? That was what I was going to right. say. What's yeah, a I point
0: mean, long term, there's it's no fast. end, right? You, it, it's just a slow form of suicide, yeah. right? It really is. Hey, are you up for that fight? Sometimes you you're like, you're fuck,
1: fuck your life up in more other ways.
0: Yeah. Um, do you ever think, man, well, huh? I'm up for this? I'm up for this fucking fight. Do you, do you ever like re- go the opposite way, like get really like, in, instead of like being dark, be like, I, I, I'm going to whoop your ass. I'm, I got this.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I'm totally and up for this fight. That's a big, Yeah. I mean, it's, you look at the things that I love the most about CrossFit are the workouts where you just have to fucking go to that place, like push yourself to the point where the world's closing in around you. And I fucking live for the opportunities to do that because when I walk into a workout like that, where I'm like, man, the only limiting factor here is how dark can I go? Fuck bring it on. And I, I live for that. And I live for that because Yeah, I'll channel that, and I'll be like, "This is like, let's do this. Let's fucking push to that brink." Yeah, absolutely. It's very empowering sometimes.
0: What What about? um, uh, Well, I want to talk about girls, but first, I want to say something else. Um, in In this interview, by the way, I I wish I could remember the name of the interview. It's very easy to find if you type in "Con Porter podcast" and "Mindset RX." Say it again.
1: Mindset RX.
0: X. he articulates some very, very um, powerful things, especially in the first 30 minutes um, that will really let you see that he knows what he's talking about. He defines some very, very important words like awareness. I, I, I highly recommend listening to it. It, it. it has nothing to do with mental health. It gives you tools to any human being, good or bad, happy or sad, healthy or not healthy, to start to um, look at themselves. So I, I, I highly recommend it. It's fun. The first half hour for sure is fun as shit. Um, in that interview, you talk about your mom as being extremely progressive. Mm -hmm. The, the kids that I see that have the most progressive parents, I think leads to the most mental health issues. Yeah, I can say that. And let me tell you why. Well, you, do you want to tell me why? I think, first of all, And I don't think there's anything wrong with adults being progressive, but kids, but but kids is is a different, there's a different, there's a different creature here. A kid is not a small adult. There's something mm -hmm. different.
1: Yeah, I think it was more a product of the kind of self-esteem movement at the time and that being kind of touted as the way that you needed to raise your kid was to instill so much self-esteem and make them feel special because the real world, what happened was that was not how my early experiences with the real world were. Like I was very much the outcast and I was very different, like different, all that sort of stuff. So for me, that was that was where this paradox existed of why is mum saying that everything's good and you're amazing and you're special, and then the world saying you're a weirdo, why is your nose weird way fat like all this kind of shit like that, so I had this weird like, like i I didn't really know where I fit and how I was supposed to take both praise and criticism. I didn't know how to like what
0: was the criticism was coming from where inside Peers. Okay, oh, okay, yeah, right. Your and I'm telling thought, you, thought, oh, thought, you're so, thought, so beautiful, and you go to school and they're like, you're fat. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> right,
1: exactly. Can I just please also say, as well, I fucking adore my mother, and she's a fucking
0: of course. human
1: being. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah and, and you made that very clear in the podcast, too. And what's yeah. funny is I thought you were defending in the podcast, I misunderstood. I thought you were saying that um, having progressive parents was wonderful. But but go on, I, I, I misunderstood. And no, it I, is very I, obvious you love your mom and cherish your mom, by the way. Yeah, this is I not think, a dig.
1: I think um, progressiveness, (laughs) it depends on what the progressiveness is. I think that they were very open-minded and I think it gave me a genuine curiosity for the world and a genuine willingness to try and understand people and situations and always, I guess, look for multiple different ways that you can view different situations and be open-minded and accepting of everyone. So I think that they instilled that in us me and my brothers, which was really cool. But yeah, that progressiveness in terms of like the, um I think the 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 overly like that coddling. Uh, it's a great word. Have you read the book, The Coddling of the American Mind? I love that word. Coddling.
0: No, I should. I should. I oh, like coddling. You'll
1: enjoy, you'll enjoy it. But yeah, I that, like
0: dollop too. Do you like dollop? Dollop. Yeah,
1: good dollop of cream on there. No. Yeah, right. yeah,
0: dollop. Yeah, dollop. <laughs> I like coddling too, but for some reason, I love a dollop. Mm. But yeah. No, <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's kind of it, man. Like, I think that that kind of paradox really did play a role in how my anxiety manifested and my own sense, like sense of self kind
0: of. Can I, I want to, so that anxiety, I'm going to give you my, my two cents on that. Mm -hmm. When you give your kids really firm boundaries, so, um, there's no TV um, unless it's Friday and Saturday when the sun's down. <coughs> there can be no light in the sky. Um, you're never to touch my cell phone. Mm. You never touch the fucking car keys. You always put your dirty clothes in the hamper. There's no putting your Hot Wheels on the walls. When you give your kid really strict boundaries and they understand their environment, it sets them free. They waste no time. So I I watch parents every day in jujitsu, like they argue with their, they they do tug and war with the kids, the mom's cell phone and the kid. And I'm like, you're wasting, like if if your kid had boundaries, your kid would be free during that 15 minutes where you fight with them every day to do other shit, to catch lizards in the corner, to walk around and pick up broken pieces of glass, you know, just whatever fucking shit kids do, right? Right. Go in the bathroom and push his penis inside of them. Just whatever, you know, remember doing that as a little kid? (laughs) <laughs> all sorts of weird shit yeah yeah isn't the pe- i forgot all the weird shit i used to do with my penis but now i have three little boys i'm like holy shit I forgot. <laughs> they do the, the disappearing penis thing like they're in the yeah, shower yeah, and i'm yeah. watching yeah. And they push i'm yeah. like oh wow i forgot I, I don't do the disappearing penis anymore i just soak myself <laughs> and think about my interview with con Porter. <laughs> I, I need to do more disappearing I mean, I still do a little bit of those kind of
1: things get like make sure toll is not home like you're going up, you're going up in the corner Go <laughs> no All right, let's see what I can do now. <laughs> and 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 when
0: and and so that's the, that's a huge part. If, if the kid, and then the other thing is, the parent is in control. And my friends who let their kids make decisions as they get older. The what happens is is that the kids are become the alpha of the house and they make all the decisions and hmm. that starts put the kid uh, unconsciously starts to take ownership of the happiness of the entire family. Hmm. So let's say I tell my kid to get in the car where, and and they and they start and they're doing playing a video game or something. That's it. I take the video game, I put it away, I care and put him in the car. And the kid might be screaming and, and throwing a fit, but someone might think. You have, to, what I'm doing is I'm taking the anxiety away from my child. Mm. The child knows I'm in control. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I determine when we go. I determine when we come back. And and the decisions they make are in the shower, whether they're going to turn their penis inside out. The decisions they make are when they're out in the backyard, which piece of glass they're going to pick up and collect in their kid. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's other decisions that the parent has to make to control the environment so that mm-hmm. the kid doesn't feel responsible for anyone else. Yep. Yeah, and when a like kid that. starts to feel responsible for their parents' happiness and the happiness of the group, that's where the, the mental illness comes creeps in as they get older as anxiety. Hmm. And the other thing is um exploration. So there's this you you parents reacting to their kids. So I saw a mom drop a kid off the other day and say, make sure uh, at jujitsu and say, make sure you drink water. No, you don't, you don't tell like. don't tell your kid that Mm. that that, that's that's you projecting onto your kid your kid's going to have an experience if he gets thirsty that he's going to drink water and that's a really benign one but let's say my boy let's say my boy was like um oh my god i want the captain america costume so bad i don't even acknowledge him Mm. oh my god i want the elsa dress so bad i don't even acknowledge him Mm. but there's parents who they think that they're being open with their child and they'll be like, "Oh yes, let's walk over to the computer and get you the Elsa dress." And you start rewarding the child for getting for for talking to you, for getting the Elsa dress. And you don't realize that deep, deep, deep down inside, what this child wants is to be attention from you and love from you and to be fed by you, emotionally, intellectually, and actually nurture. And if they can get that by talking about Elsa dresses, but no, oh, I'm a progressive parent and I'm not against my son wearing an Elsa dress, but but the kids not even there the kids just trying to find anything to be fed to get shelter love and food hmm. and now you think you were being open to something but you you, you they're just flies you kind of see what i'm saying and, and, yeah, and, and so kind of, there's a benign, a negligence that has to be given to kids that yeah, yeah, yeah. they are given too much attention. And it's like, you have to give them attention, but it's like, a, you have to meditate on them.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I think that takes, oh, man, like, and I think that in of itself probably is the true, a true form of progressive parenting. I mean, fuck, it's hard for me to say, I don't have kids. I can't, I can't tell you how I'm going to be as a dad. You're going to
0: be a great dad, by the way. You're going to be an amazing dad.
1: Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. I do want to have kids one day for sure, but it just hasn't happened yet. But um, I don't know of. (laughs) But um, yeah, I, 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 I admire your, first of all, the level of introspection that you've obviously done to get to a place where you are so conscious of the way that you are parenting and like being comfortable with what is probably a really uncomfortable thing like that. Like, what did you, was there some sort of negligence, the, um, like a
0: benign negligence. Benign negligence
1: yes. Thanks. You have to meditate
0: on your child, not react to
1: your child. Yeah, dude. And I just feel like that's just very, very impressive. And that's something that's kind of very cool. It's something I think I've seen through your posts about your parenting and stuff like that, that I have always looked down, and gone, fuck, that's really cool. And there's a lot of stuff that I think I've seen, in you posting about your kids that i've looked at and gone that's like particularly someone that like me who is aware that i can be emotionally reactive again something i'm working on to go fuck that's powerful like yeah being able to sort of sit with the discomfort that comes with not becoming emotionally invested in an emotional outcome that happens with your kid and stuff so yeah whilst i can't speak about being a parent personally it's it's yeah I, i i think i understand what you're saying and i think
0: i tend to agree And it's, 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 it's unsettling to me to see so many of my dearest friends in the simplest term, I see them, they behave as grandparents, but they're the parents Hmm. like the stuff, my parent, my, my parents do stuff to my kids that I would never do. Like my kids fall down (laughs) and my mom and dad go over and pick them up and I let them have that experience. But Hmm. when my kids fall down, you know, the example I like to always use is I go over and make sure that it's a safe environment for them to stand up. Yeah, but I don't pick them up. Yeah, I just yeah. make sure they're safe. I make sure they're safe because in the end, and you know this more than anyone, Con, it's only you're only going to fix you. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, fuck you can't hundred percent. No yes. one's coming. No one's no one's coming to fix your mental. Just like you can't be like, hey, Annie, go ahead take the day off. I'm going to do the workouts for you, and you're going to yeah. get the fitness. It's yeah. it's as absurd as that to think someone's going to help you with your mental health, right? For sure. For At sure. At the end of the day yeah, you can you work can, outside exactly. by side by Annie. she can push you, she can inspire you, she mm-hmm. can have the facility, but at the end of the day, it's all on you. Yeah, and that's where I was just about to draw
1: uh, like just sort of counter that and say that people can have people can help, but right. they're not gonna fix it.
0: no, right, right.
1: they And they can believe in you, yes, which is so fucking powerful. Belief in and like someone's willingness to understand you and someone's willingness to listen to you can't be understated as tools. To helping someone with their mental health, but you cannot fix someone. And I've learned that from trying to help people and seeing like you can, one of my favorite sayings, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And it's so profoundly true when it comes to anything, you can give someone all the tools in the world, but that person still has to press go.
0: It's amazing how many times in my life that people brought me to water and I didn't even, I didn't see them. I didn't see the water. I didn't see shit. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh mate, I've been there I've been there too and you yeah they'll take you to water and you'll be dying of thirst you just turn around and start eating the sand
0: yes
2: yes yes <laughs> yes
0: it's nuts um you um uh uh it, it took you nine years to reach your goal for a back squat
1: yep <laughs> dude, my fucking squat and don't ask me what my squat is now.
0: Why is it not your PR squad anymore?
1: I doubt I'd have 200 in me now. It's been, I think I walked into a CrossFit gym and I was like, right. Squatting 200 was the benchmark that I set myself and 200 I had, kilos, 200 kilos, so which is 440. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which is, which is by no stretch, a huge back squat at that top end of the sport. Like it, most guys are squatting that for reps. I mean, like I'd assume, I think, I don't know taller definitely is. <laughs> it's a fucking humbling experience lifting with that guy every day. You kind of lose perspective a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it took, I don't know, squats just never been my movement and my snatch <coughs> and work, all those kind of things have progressed consistently. But, yeah, the squats just always been something that took a long time and it took me doing <laughs> uh, like a 12-week strength program at the back of 2020 into like summer, uh, doing another strength program and just a squat specific program to get that 200. And I also ate like shit and put on a bunch of weight and got out of shape, but got there. Do do you
0: like squatting? No, I
1: fucking hate it. Yeah, (laughs) me
0: too. I hate it too. This
1: doesn't feel nice on my body at all.
0: I, I, I would rather, um, I, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I squat, I front squat a lot with a 40 pound med ball, like a lot, you know? Yeah, I mean, a lot for me, I, I do like 10 sets of 10 with mixed with something at least three times a week. So, oh, so wow. yeah, but, but I would rather do w- something with some weight to push me down than mm. air squats. Even, I don't even, I don't like air squats. <laughs>
1: I'll probably go the opposite way. And so I'd prefer the air Maybe, squat. Prefer, yeah. Yeah. yeah I've never found like front squat, back squat. I just feel like it takes so much out of my body. And yeah, we're, we're kind of working at the moment. Yami's been really good again. At kind of looking at me squatting and playing around with squat volume, at what is <coughs> what amount, at what percent, like percentage work. I I'm someone that does not do well with building to a heavy consistently. I have to do percentage work, percentage work, percentage work, then build to a heavy. And so we've been kind of playing around with the volume and how that kind of looks, and it's been good. But yeah, I don't think I would stand to on
0: 200 up at the moment. Are are all of you super different? Yeah. So- you where, where's Tola from
1: Tola's from Boston I think he grew up
0: wow what his wow speaking of progressive um so so uh so he and, and then you're from Australia and Annie's from Iceland mm-hmm. and Lauren's she's Lauren.
1: based in San Diego and I think she's been there for a while
0: yeah and she grew up in Stockton California which is a trip California. yeah that's yeah, a God. trippy place have you ever been there
1: no that's the Diaz brothers are there yeah yeah yeah
0: So it's nowhere yeah right <laughs> it's nowhere so is that is it northern california it's like it's like um yeah it, it it's it's hood yeah, it's right. hard yeah it's hard right. like like I mean, it, it's like really hard it's like not not hard like city hard it's like country hard oh, fuck like tough right. tu- like tough like tough guy country guys like it's yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 um it's the real deal man like they're yeah. like yeah. Uh, there, uh, um, I think she trained with Gabe Subri out of there. Do you remember him? Old time Yeah, games exactly. He was around
1: right back when I was starting, I think. He yeah, was probably. Name that was on the kind of CrossFit game scene.
0: He was one like you could have like a job and be a CrossFitter.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the <laughs> Oh, the glory days. Now it's like the <laughs> um, job is making sure your knees aren't too sore.
0: Um e- is is I, I think of it, what's Annie, what's I mean, I mean I've talked with Annie, I don't know, a hundred times, but how would you describe what Annie's like? There's this rich froning type era, era around her.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I think she's she's so fucking good for starters. Like she's so good. Here's a here's a like she's so good, she's so competitive, but in like I think a healthy way, in a way that's kind of just her pushing herself and pushing us to be better. And here's like here's a great story that shows like she's we were doing a workout. It was three rounds. She did a minute of bar facing burpees, rested thirty seconds, and then it was twelve sets of thirty seconds sprint on the assault bike, fifteen seconds rest, three minutes rest, repeat that three times. So we wow. all we were all told to pick. It was like sprint but controlled sprint on the assault bike with your 30 seconds on, 15 off. We were all all told to pick an aggressive, and this was everyone was there that day. It was me, Tola, Fred, Annie, BK, Kat, Lauren. We were all doing it. And we are told to keep like an, an, an aggressive pace for those sprints. And then when we hit them, kind of finished the sprints and the first thing Annie did was come along and look at all of the guys' bikes to see (coughs) if she beat any of us, what our calories were that we got, whether what we were holding, and that was the benchmark in an assault bike sprinting workout where you're like, man, that should just be, it shouldn't even be like a comparative thing. She was there and she was annoyed that she could have gone a bit harder and maybe matched a couple of the guys and that sort of thing. So her work, like her approach and her mindset like that is unbelievable. And she's very much, I mean, yeah, like she put the team together and everything like that, so she definitely kind of leads us in that respect. But she's, she's amazing. Like you really can't – you would have to <laughs> spend time in this environment to really appreciate just how good it is, just how good it would be for anyone to walk into.
0: Um Did you say it's 12 sets, 30 on, 15 off?
1: Yeah, after your one minute of bar-facing burpees.
0: Do, um, do, you, do you realize or are you just too fit that – like 99% of the world can't make it through half that workout.
1: Not everyone can make
0: it through the workout, probably not holding the paces. I, was, I don't know, I don't know, man. I don't bad. know, dude. Do you do you feel okay after you do that? That's a no, That's that's the other crazy thing about this environment. <laughs> like, no, you that's don't, gnarly. Like, that is a gnarly workout, dude.
1: Dude, that's the crazy thing about being here. I've always loved workouts like that and I've always loved doing them, but I've done them sparingly. It's like you do something that makes you feel that way once every few weeks or maybe even more and I'm like, man, do I still like this CrossFit shit or am I done with this? And <laughs> so weird, and be like, do that workout and then I'll finish and I'll be like proper fucked up and go, okay, no, I still, I still want to do this. I'm still willing to go
0: there, put it that way. Do we do that like three, four times a week? fucking absurd what do you do after are you, what <laughs> do you after that like in the 10 minutes after that are you like do you not know who you are like if i did that yeah. I, I would not know who I, I would have to sit down for an hour i'm not joking i yeah, would have maybe, to be like okay something's not right i'm not even sure who i am
1: yeah you you get very good at just the absurd places you go and like yami structures our training really well he knows when we've got those sessions and not to do anything like it's usually second session and all that sort of stuff so he does it really well where we're not having to it but yeah you go to another place and you're just but there i don't know this is what i mean there's a sense of gratification in that i feel like fucking shit but good after a workout like that and like, like superman kind of just sh-
0: fought the hulk like you just yeah, fought the hulk and you're like well that all was cool
1: kind of comes back into your body finally and then you're like fuck i got shit done in that session
0: you feel good um do you know that feeling um where you y- y- you're sick uh, and, it- and it comes on very very quickly like food poisoning or like yeah, yeah, yeah. you drinks and all of a sudden um no you can't do your bo- your all your awareness starts focusing on your body yep and you're like, you're, you're focused on your tongue and maybe yeah. your stomach and your anus and, and like your hands are tingling and, and it, it's such a unique, um, it's the body taking like very serious look at itself, inventory, the physical body and the brain is like, or, or the awareness is like standing. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of what happens when, when you do one of those crazy assault bike workouts, right? All of a yeah. sudden, all your awareness is like, okay, uh, the whole system, like the whole system is something's wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah, you can't, it's like,
0: literally, it's like you do
1: something's wrong, and someone's like, "Do you hear the music?" Like you don't fucking hear shit. There is nothing happening. It's just this complete presence in your body, and yeah, it's like well, my quads are pumped, you don't even realize that your breathing is just going out of control. And yeah, it's it's surreal, and but it's cool because like, what the fuck else can you do that makes you feel like that? Like it's it's, it's
0: no, I don't know, I don't know. Only being sick. Yeah, only, like finish, being near vomitous yeah. is the only thing I can think of when you're like, uh, like the outside world kind of vanishes, and you're like, okay, what the fuck is wrong yeah. with this thing? It's
1: and like it's you're not- a
0: robot, and someone like short circuited you.
1: Yeah, and your body is just like when you, when you know when you do a really bad thing. I think it, uh, there's like certain workouts that I've done and I've finished. And I've been like, holy fucking shit, I've done something to my body, and I will never get better. Like
0: I've, <laughs> I, think I think it's like a one.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, yep, that's it. I'm stuck in here now. This is, I'm in, like, this is my life for the rest of my life now. My body is just lactic acid. Like, th- you finish a 1K row and you fucking oh. max effort it. And you finish, and you're like, sweet. And then you're like, nah. no, 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 no. And your body just shuts down. And that's like, yeah, that's wild. Like, that feeling, that's it. That's another level again, where it's that complete max out of your body. No. I, yes. I,
0: I, no, not euphoric. <laughs>
1: After you feel euphoric? Oh no, yeah. Before that, it's not euphoric. euphoric. It's not euphoric.
0: <laughs> oh man, it's not. It's not. It's not uh, euphoric. Um. So, best training environment you've ever been in?
1: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And that's to take nothing away from my wonderful friends back home. I think <coughs> the problem with back home and my training environment there is it's recreational for everyone that I train with it's they come in they're happy to kind of throw down when they get bored of that program they want to go on a different program and then me being me it's just like i would rather do what they want to do because then i've got people to train with even last year once they finished the quarterfinals because a bunch of the boys made that it was kind of they just wanted to float around and it's too easy in that training environment for me as well to be like hey boys it's sunny outside like let's session two today we'll go for surf or hey boys like let's make sure we finish our training on saturday by 12 so we can get to the pub by two So, yeah, by far and for so many different reasons. Even the access to, like, the other members of the team, the other members that I'm there with, everyone's knowledge, the amount of knowledge that they have is so ridiculously good that that in of itself is such a such a cool part of it. Like Tola, for example, guy fucking knows a lot about lifting and strength and all that kind of training and stuff. He's a brilliant coach too. So I'll be lifting and he'll come over and he'll kind of give me a couple of pointers. Hey man, like I noticed that you did blah, 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 blah. Why don't you try and do that? And it's never done in kind of a, an egotistical way either. It's very much, it's an environment where every single person there is completely invested in everyone else getting better in whatever way they can
0: um what about the sun what about the lat the, the 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 your? i'm guessing your exposure to the sun has gone that's way hard. down this is
1: yeah bro it's terrible and that's been one of the hardest things like when we i mean it's i say it's getting better now but when we first got here you had
0: 15 minutes of sun today
1: Kind yeah. of <laughs> <laughs> not quite sun today <laughs> Well we had sun yesterday it was and and it got up to 10 degrees yesterday i don't know what that is in fahrenheit you guys have Stupid, stupid measurement systems in we America. We do, we I'm do, we do. they get that changed for us, mate. <laughs> but um, it's like, yeah, that's hard, though. And when we first got here, it was dark when we go to the gym, dark by the time we'd finished. You might get a half hour in the middle of the day where the sun poked its head out, but it was usually <laughs> or raining and so cold that you didn't want to go outside. So that sun exposure or lack thereof has been... Challenging, but it, ha- it seems to be getting better. The, it's definitely lighter for longer now, so the light stays good until um, I mean, it's light now until after nine pm, and it's the birds start fucking having a good go at about four thirty in the morning, which is lovely, fucking right outside the window. Um, but yeah, that not not having the ability to just be outside at your leisure is something that is it's it was different. I say it's bad, but it's
0: just different. Um, I mean, you know, if you have to go to the bathroom, you can just go. No, that's just me. Oh, no, no. I didn't even notice you were moving. I just yeah, looked. It. We've me. been at an hour and a half and I always know that like, if I have to go to the bathroom, I just go. So I wanted you to know, know that. Yeah. You thank do. you very much. Um, You're welcome.
1: Been Just progressively pissing myself a little bit more and a little bit more. So now I'll be able to go.
0: Um, <laughs> have, what time is it there right now?
1: It's 3.30 PM
0: or 3.36. And are you done training for the day?
1: Yeah, we had Monday off after the quarterfinals and then we had yesterday it was kind of just a little bit of zone two uh tola and i went in this morning did a little bit more zone two work and then some bodybuilding and some kind of accessory stuff but we've got today and then we're back to training tomorrow and the first thing we're doing is the quarterfinals event two i believe
0: (laughs) redoing that oh oh interesting i want to ask you about that um what what does zone two mean what is that when you say you did zone two
1: zone two cardio so your heart rates like keeping the heart rate it's like you have your heart rate zones. I'm by no means an expert on this as well. These are things that I'm learning as I've been here. It's been like going back to school for me, which has been really fucking cool. But it's just keeping your heart rate at a certain level, improving your aerobic fitness. And I'm sure there's someone that will know a way better
2: expert.
0: Okay. okay. But 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 as far as you're someone will tell you, hey, um, today's zone you need to do zone two training today. You say, What's that? They say keep your heartbeat between X and Y. Yep. And um, and, and you do.
1: Yeah. It's like effectively conversational pace for an extended period of time. And there's a okay. myriad of benefits to that, just building the aerobic system and I guess improving your body's ability to take blood to the muscles and whatnot. And again, I'm probably butchering this. I'm not no, it's expert. fine. It's good. I'm the point you're in the direction of what I need to do and tell me what to do.
0: Yeah. I don't need to know more than that either. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and, and what bodybuilding movements do you do? And is that for just, is that for fun Or is that, um, like, no, it was
1: today we did a lot of the athletic truth group stuff, which is like that knee health. So like the ATG split squats, uh, some stuff for the tibialis raises, calf raises, Uh, What else did we do? We did do some curls at the end. Why not? (laughs)
0: And and, and is that just for fun? Just like you and Tola will just go over. It's not part of your programming. You'll do some curls or you'll do bench press or you'll do. Uh,
1: We don't deviate too much from the program. Like zone two stuff we can add in as well. Today was definitely just. Both he and I feel better after doing something the day before going back to training. So I'd had three days of complete nothing. I'd feel like shit training tomorrow. So I just wanted to move around, do these kind of accessory movements that not super heavy, not super hard, just to get my joints moving so that my body feels good. Gone to the days where I can just jump into a session, Savan, and not warm up and have done nothing beforehand.
0: Yeah, the
1: old body, the old body needs a little bit of priming
0: um con do you ever do sit-ups um with a dumbbell in your hands
1: i've never done sit-ups with a, oh maybe oh. in the past i can't remember yeah. a time that i have
0: i meant to ask rich about that if he still does that when i filmed i'd never seen anyone do this before i guess it makes sense when i filmed with rich in 2009 or 10 at, at tennessee tech he would he, um, him and uh, darren hunsucker would do sit-ups with a hundred pound dumbbell on their chest jesus i know it's crazy I mean,
1: right Maybe I need to do sit-ups with a, uh, with a hundred pound dumbbell on my chest.
0: I just, for me, just moving a hundred pound dumbbell around. Like if I were to take it off the rack and put it back (laughs) on, I'd be like, yeah, I did that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely one that I prop up on both on the shoulder rather than just carry in front. It's fucking heavy. Those bad boys.
0: Um, that event when you guys took 30th, is that that's just bullshit? Like you guys can you guys could smash that and take first in that too? Or I don't know if we'd take first in
1: it. We could definitely move quicker than we did. We there's so much that went into that. We moved too slow. That's the simplest way to put it. And there was a variety of reasons. We were you guys afraid of Andrew Hiller? <laughs> we were wanting to <laughs> adhere to the standards. Like uh-huh. And, and for yeah, like put like what he's doing is working because we definitely were like, man, like you are we're super conscious of making sure that the standards are held up and that's good. That's a positive thing. But we were and like knowing that we've put together this team that's a quote unquote super team. So there's gonna be kind of probably extra scrutiny on our movement, we really oversold the standards on that in a lot of different ways, but we also then just completely overpaced it. Like we were just fucking slow, like slow to the ground slow up, step together, nice little two foot takeoff. We were waiting for everyone and saying like, go for the runs and stuff like that. And yeah, we, uh, the other thing we were really conscious of was we were so far behind the line. So our whole, like there was like that much space between our heads and the line. And we kind of interpreted the standards to be that way. And to the point where we even stopped the workout midway through because we weren't happy with the first set of Yami wasn't happy. With oh shit. And also that we jumped over the line for the first shuttle runs and told her and I hadn't turned to face the way that we were supposed to run. And he said that the girls had gone too quickly. So we came back and literally restarted because we wanted the standards to be spot on for that.
0: And that's okay. I want to hear the details about that. So you guys are in the workout and Yami and you just hear this stop. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that takes some balls to do that. Can you imagine saying that to you, Con Porter, Tola, um, uh, Lauren Fisher, and Annie Thor's daughter and be like, ah, stop?
1: So, we also take some fucking
0: cojones.
1: Well, Tola and I also called the girls back from their shuttle because we didn't think that they'd waited. So, what we read in the stands, we had to jump, all the team members had to be over the line facing the direction of the shuttles before you could take off on the shuttles. Uh-huh. So the whole idea was we'd finish the burpees and I would call go for the girls to go when we were all over the line facing forward. Yeah, And I had jumped across. I hadn't said go and they would taken off. And we're like, come back, come back, come back. And then they ran back and then Yami was just like, stop, go again. And he was like, I think that there was a couple of us that were too close. A couple of the guys were too close to the line. He's like, the head was over the line as well. Make sure that we're right behind it. And,
0: yeah. I mean, um, how much it, rest do you get between doing it and then doing it again?
1: I would only done 15 burpees. <laughs> we didn't have too much rest. It was probably like three, four minutes, two, three minutes. It was kind of just back to the start. All right,
0: everyone calm. Let's go again. Are you, but, Is, it, is, is it, are, are people nice to each other be- before the start? <laughs> like, I, like every like so here's what here here's why i ask this I, I i when when i used to run the media team at crossfit all the filmmakers had different processes and one of like like one of the guys on the on the team his whole thing was just to complain the whole fucking time but i learned that that was just his process mm. just yeah, to, make to, to complain and so that. it's like you have to know everyone's process to get yeah. to point b and we're learning that, my friend. Yeah, yeah, we
1: definitely all have very different processes when it comes to everything—training, uh, food and nutrition, recovery. But very much so when it comes to competing, and that was certainly on display over the course of the weekend. Like <laughs> everyone's nice to each other; like we get along fantastically. But it's certainly there's certainly times where it's just kind of. I'm very much uh tell me when we're going, because I'm not gonna warm, I'm gonna warm up a specific amount of time. And then by the end, you just like the last workout, for example, like, what time are we going? They like said 110. I was like, all right, cool. We went at 145. So I'd warmed up and it was just at the end, I was just kind of leaning on a runner, like, you are good to go. I was like, Yep, I'm ready. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna warm back up again. And so I think we're still kind of feeling that out. I think it will be good when we are doing like the semifinals and we have a set time that we have to go because I think that that is very much going to be um, that will help us tailor that kind of the prep and the process before we get ready. But, yeah, we all all certainly do have very different approaches, even just like I'm very much not laissez-faire so much as just a kind of i'll use when i'm nervous i'll just crack jokes whereas Paul right. so, is nervous he'll just go quite stoic and quiet and it's yeah i kind of that kind of different idea of you know my nervous energy going into that versus him being very internal and everything like that and learning to kind of be like he's allowed like they can say shut the fuck up calm we're annoyed with you now and i'll be like cool that's no worries i'll go and fucking tell jokes to the wall that's fine i'll go and annoy someone else but yeah we're learning that man but everyone it's good like it's Everyone is super understanding of those different processes too, and that's part of coming together as a team. That's a huge part of this whole journey. Like we put together a team, and we have to kind of figure out how to do that. Is Lauren? Is, has anyone on that team had team experience? Yeah, Lauren and Tola. I was I went team twenty nineteen, and we made the games, but we got cut first, and we didn't do very well. <laughs> um, and Lauren's podiumed on a team before. I believe she came second in 2019 with her, with her team. And that was when it was the super teams, like the super, super teams. You didn't have to train together or anything.
0: Was that Invictus?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And then yeah. Toller has been on a bunch of teams. I think he's been to the games twice on a team as well. So, yeah, I think Lauren once or twice on a team. Toller definitely tw- at least twice, maybe more on a team. And then this is Annie's first foray into the team's world. And then my second time.
0: Wow. Yeah, so that that's interesting. I I hadn't thought about that. I mean, she is a very unique creature. What I mean? she yeah, what she did taking third place at the games last year. I I mean, part of me I'm part of me wants to say it's equivalent to winning the fucking CrossFit games. To come back. I like like I don't think people can come back. Hmm. I just I I I don't think if you take time off this sport you come back. It, it, but to come back and take third is yeah. It's n- and she had a kid,
1: but mate, you spent a, a week here in this training environment and with yeah. your aunt particularly to see yeah. you, you, you understand. You understand, you do, okay, very quickly. She's yeah. built a good team around her, which is not to diminish the exceptional nature of what she did by any right, right,
0: right, right
1: at all. It's not right. to be like, Oh, it would be easy. Anyone could do it in this environment. Cause no fucking nobody else. Like, I don't know if anyone else could do it even in this environment, but when you spend time with her, when you spend time with the army and when you spend time with Fred and the rest of the team that are around her all the time, you understand how it happened.
0: You understand right.
1: how it happened. And, but again, doesn't take away from the spectacular nature of it happening.
0: I don't think a lot of people realize the emotional, um, journey of, uh, of, of physical exhaustion. So when you have kids, you start to see it really, really quick. So like I would go to a soccer field and I'd be like, okay, boys, we're going to run five laps and I would give them each a ball and they would kick a ball. And every lap was different. One lap, they'd be laughing. The next lap, they'd be crying. The next lap, they'd be angry at their brother. The next lap, they'd be like, look how good I am. And then the next clap lap, they would be quiet. And it's, it's a whole emotional journey to take yourself and, 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 you'll, people who go hiking notice that, you know what I mean? If you go on a long, like 15 mile hike, you'll have every emotion mm. to the top and back. And so then the the four of you from the outside, it's just four four people just working out together. Exactly. Yeah. But it's not, it's a whole, it's a whole, everyone's to, to use the, the female metaphor. Everyone is going through euphoria to having their period to back to euphoria again, every single day. There's a whole, and it's a it's, right. like, cascade more of like, shit that's like just blending yeah
1: like three of us uprooted our lives and moved here and you know tola and i live together and lauren lives next door so there's the three of us are kind of living like let's call it living together cohabit like like co-inhabiting a little place and there's the cultural differences that we're all adjusting to
0: yeah you're all culturally different. so different boston yeah. australia stockton california now iceland those yeah. are not that's why. That's why. Yeah.
1: And that's been that's the whole part of the journey. I think that it's been an interesting journey, and it's been it was interesting. We put together the team, and our goal was to win the CrossFit Games. And very quickly, CrossFit and the media outlets ran with this whole us versus mayhem narrative, and that's been kind of so heavily pushed. But that's not our goal. Our goal is not just beat mayhem. It's to try and put together a team that can win the CrossFit Games, and that is so much broader. And that includes can like where's like there is a journey and there is a story and there is there are multiple stories that go into four people coming together from completely different worlds and creating a team. There's a story about going from, you know, some of those guys have been heavily coached before. I've never had an in-person coach every day i've never like i've had coaches in crossfit absolutely but i've never worked with a coach face to face i've never trained in an environment with other people who are genuinely competitive who are trying to be who are taking it as seriously so these are all adjustments for me adjustments for the other guys like living there you know lauren left uh raz her fiance like she's here on her own like there's so many different oh he's not there no, he's not here, man. So he's That
0: not sucks. Here. He's cool as shit. Do you he's know a him? cool dude. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He's, he's a legend. Awesome. He's a legend. Got to spend a bit of time with him when we first came out here. <laughs> he's such a top fella. And that's where, like, there are stories beyond this kind of weird narrative that CrossFit's obsessed with, with you know, us suppose, Mayhem. And those are the kind of cool – these are the parts of the journey that I'll certainly remember the most. And that's the kind of, yeah, all of this stuff. Like, fucking hell, I live in Iceland now with – Three, two people that were or three people that
0: were pretty much strangers before this whole experience. Um, <clears throat> you and Annie and and Lauren are pretty big names in the sport. How, is, is does how does Tola? Um, uh, and obviously he's he's eminently capable uh, physically. Um, is is it weird for him? Is it different for him? Is it like you I guys are? Toler- so- I would put Tola and myself in the same
1: category of like knownness in the sport i would say and we kind of we we, we we take the photos of the people that come in for the photos with annie and lauren and <laughs> oh uh it, <laughs> the
0: people hand you the can oh that's good that oh, makes absolutely. me so happy good. absolutely
1: we did have um sarah was back here for a little while when she was training with this one day and we had two aussies that came in and they came to get a photo because they're here from australia and it got sarah to take the photo and even that though i thought that was very funny and then they lost their shit and they were just like oh my god Gave me the phone straight away and it was switch out. Let Sarah so jump in for the photo with them. So, yeah, bro, it's um, it's that's the
0: story funny. of my life, by the way.
1: <laughs> getting given a phone to take photos, story of my life. I bet you nailed the photos, but huh? Say that again. I said, I bet you nail those photos, but huh? But huh? But huh? Like, just bet you, I bet you nailed those photos. <laughs> There you go. Another cultural difference. These poor bastards have had to get used to the fact that every second word I say is a swear word, and my Australian accent, plus I speak quickly, can be difficult to understand at the best of times. Yeah. Well, it's, Again, it's- I've, I've had them. They've all dropped the C word. It's got, I've had it out of all of them. They've all dropped it. No one's immune. <laughs>
0: that's wow so you were in the gym when when sarah sigmund's daughter was there katrin david's daughter was there annie thor's daughter was there bkg was there yami was there tola was there and lauren fisher
1: yeah bro we have like and there's other people that come dude,
0: that's me. nuts
1: oh dude i think like um i think BK how fun of like that crew and then you also had like Solveig and another girl gucci that's from here as well it's very good too we had, and they was like, "Yeah, like decent training crew today." It's like, fuck, like there are some serious athletes here, and what a fucking like, it, it's good, man. Like everyone's competitive, but it's healthy, I think, and like it's fucking yeah, it's it's a vibe, dude. It's a serious vibe. Do
0: you do you have to be? Um. Uh. So so we. Uh. Hunter. I I spoke to Hunter McIntyre yesterday. Do you know who that is? Yes. Okay and and he went to Dallas and he just set the world record he does something called Hyrox. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. CrossFit but it's just the same event yeah. over and over. Okay. Yeah, so and,
1: I don't know what it is but I know Hyrox exists and it's kind of that race with the 1k run between all these different stations. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And he set the world record yesterday and um, where was i going with oh and, and and so he was talking about these training camps he does where he'll ha- he has a cabin out in the woods and he'll do a training camp and everyone pays money and then you know i don't know 12 guys show up and they train and they all act like they want to do what he does right and he says 3 days in people start like hemming and hawing yeah do you I know everyone has to take care of their health, yes. their physical health, right? You can't get injured. But mm-hmm. do you have to be careful that you don't bring – the? Uh, uh, let me give one more example for this. My, my wife t- has done this course. It's called a Vipassana course. And yep. you go away for 10 days and you're yep. not allowed to make eye contact or talk to anyone for 10 days. Yeah. And they, you've heard of it.
1: Yeah, I, I wanted to do it uh, a bunch of times and then things have popped up and I haven't got around to it yet. <laughs>
0: And and they give you, they give you this set amount of food that you have to eat. This is what you eat. And, and, and so, and, and, you know, so she will say like on day four, you'll see someone getting a banana that no one else gets. And when you see that, you know, that like they, they heard, I have to have a banana. And they went and talked to someone there and they got a banana Mm -hmm. because the voice is in their head for demand needing a banana. They're looking for some sort of control, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, Do you have to be careful being on the team that you're not psychologically the anchor?
1: Anchor being the one that's kind
0: of, complaining yeah even a tiniest little bit even let's say squeaking like uh, yeah the squeaky will to get yeah gotcha no. like 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 uh, hey i need a day off or uh, hey i'm gonna tap out this last workout like you're you know you're spoke you really shouldn't do this workout let's say maybe because you're injured but mm. you better do it because you know that if you don't it has a psychological impact on the team or any uh, do you so see these has- conflicts
1: yeah, I got exactly what you're saying. I think it has more – I think that's more of a personal psychological impact that it takes being – having to put your hand up and say I want to sit out um, and that's fucking hard. I've definitely battled with it. When I first came here, so I flew to Miami and <laughs> James and I had to go this fucking roundabout route because it was still hard to get out of Oz then. we just started opening up. So it took us 36 hours to get to Miami. The day later we started competing, competed for three days, got on a plane the day after that and then – or four days – Got on a plane the day after that, flew here, had one day off, and then we started training again. And my back was playing up big time. And I also had this little fucking cough that I couldn't quite shake. And I was training and it was good and I was kind of like there were things that I was, I knew that I couldn't really do and I, sh- I shouldn't do. And getting comfortable enough to actually speak up and say, hey, I need a couple of days to either fucking let this cough die down. I mean, I went to a bunch of different doctors and to get my back in order, I need to take I need to take a step back from what we're doing currently and I need to take a couple of days off. And I think that was more challenging for me personally and how I then Felt that I was being the weak link, or the squeaky wheel, or the complainer. Yes, the team necessarily looking negatively on that. I think it's kind of the opposite of the team. It being psychologically difficult for the team, and I think it's more difficult for us as individuals to have to put our hand up and be like, "Hey, yeah, so I can't do. I'm not going to do this next workout because." And no one. The thing is, as well, I think there is an understanding that there's no one on this team that's going to cop out. There's no one here that's going to not do something because they don't want to do it. If, the, if you're going to sit something out, I think it's pretty obvious from having been around the group now and that's a culture that I think is just is part and parcel of the actual group that we're in and it kind of comes from the top with like your annies, your BKs, cats, yami, and all that, that no one's bitching out, no one's sitting a workout out because they just can't be bothered that day because they just don't feel like it. So if someone does put their hand up and say I need a day off or I need an extra rest day or I'm going to, come into the gym an hour later than everyone else because I want to get a little bit more sleep today. It's never, I don't think, taken as that kind of, "Uh, this is like a bad thing, blah, 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 blah. I think, yeah. So is that trust? You guys trust each other? Yes, absolutely. I think we do trust each other. We trust that everyone is going to put their best efforts in. So far, we haven't had any reason not to. Like this was our, I mean, it was our first experience on the weekend as a team. And yeah, we absolutely fucking bombed. The second workout, for example, then on the last workout, I bombed the last workout for us big time. Like I fucked that up and it fucking stung and
0: I'm sure there will be. That was the, the muscle up when you had to redo one?
1: Mm, yeah, yeah. So my thumb, you know, the grips that have the circles in it, my yeah. fucking thumb got caught in one of the little holes and I could feel my grip. I was like sliding around and getting stuck. And on the last one I couldn't quite turn over fast enough, came down, shook it out, jumped back up, failed again and have to stand there for fucking 10 seconds like an idiot It was still fresh in my mind and then go up and do it again. And so that I mean we w- I don't think we would have won that workout but we would have finished second had I not fucked that up. And that was really shit. Like that was a shit feeling. And everyone else in the team though, they know that there was literally that I just fucking failed and like that was, you know, learn from that. Everyone else was so supportive, but that the culture is such that you demand it's what we demand from ourselves here is so fucking high and everyone is on that same page. Everyone is on that same page and it's really fucking cool to hold yourself to a standard like that versus it being something that being a standard that we're necessarily held to by each other. I'm sure that that exists. I'm sure if one of us did start to slip up, that would then become a conversation or people would start to step in and say something, but it hasn't happened
0: yet. What about this? What if, what (laughs) if, um, what if, uh, what if, oh, this is good shit. Oh, here we go. I'm ready. I should fucking, I shouldn't even say this on the air. I should call Yami. What if, what if, you? what if, what if Yami did this? What if, um, uh, he, Yami said, Hey, Khan, I want you to, um, uh, call the team and tell them that you're not showing up to practice today. And like you make up something that's just bullshit, right? Hmm. And then, and then, and then you show up 10 minutes late and you're there. And Yami says, That was a test for you three. <laughs> Were you mentally strong yeah. enough? Did you just start blaming Khan? <laughs> I think it would be don't very. Don't worry about anyone fucking else. It's about you. <laughs> you, you know what out. I mean? Like putting okay. some like crazy psychological obstacles like that. One time my wife told me on April Fool's, she said, I'm pregnant.
1: I got him with an- I tried to get him with an April Fool's actually pretty similar to that. But yeah. And what then
0: you- for 30 minutes, dude, I just thought about my fucking life. Was that and before? She told me it was like before. Well, yeah, you- way before I had kids. Yeah, way, way before. Like I was like I was like I didn't have kids, until I was forty three. This is like when I was thirty three, and I remember saying to her, she told me she was pregnant, and I remember I think I was having a call with Lauren Glassman, Greg's wife, to try to like get some project passed through, and she said, um, and I said, hey, do you think now is a good time to tell me that? And as I said that, I'm like, this fucking girl just told me she's pregnant with my baby. And that's my response. And it was just 30 minutes of chaos. Mm. And then she told me April Fool's. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I got to live in like a fantasy land for 30 minutes.
1: Well, yeah, fuck. How good is April Fool's? How good is April Fool's?
0: And so there's almost like some shit you could do that, like to head fuck the team. To, I tried to, to, head to, to prepare for some psychological hurdles, like you come in there and say you're hurt, or Annie says she's hurt and she can't train for the next month, and she lets you guys think think about what that's going to be like for an hour, mm-hmm. and then Yami say no, that's not true. But how did you guys handle that? You know what I mean? Just yeah, I like Seal yeah. shit.
1: I feel like if I did it, everyone would just be like, shut the fuck up, you're being annoying. And I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get them this April Fool's. I told them that I'd like had a house back in Australia. I had to go back to Australia, that I had a house back there and that I sold it. And the only way to get the sale through was for me to go home and sign the papers. And it was, like if I didn't go back there, it would all be fucked up. And then apparently like Lauren and- or apparently Annie had seen it and she started saying to Fred, there's no fucking way he's going back here. But Yami was in there fucking quick. And he was just like, happy April Fool's to you too. And I was like, yeah.
0: Like I oh I, nice I, nice I, I nailed it but hey he
1: was well on top of it
0: do you have a girlfriend
1: i don't but you I boyf- do you have, I have a boyfriend a, i don't have a boyfriend either i or, think do you know what you asked that exact question in 2015
0: oh so it's because i think you're so beautiful it's it was, because i think you're I'm so beautiful
1: that, you were like and i think that my answer was you asked do i have a girlfriend and i said no and you're like do you have a boyfriend and i was like was that the question that you wanted to ask originally? <laughs> or the, I was like, you kind of snuck that one in
0: there. I'm, I'm hiding behind the, the girlfriend yeah. question, but I just want to ask. Um, why Why don't you at 32 years old, um, uh, why don't you have a, um, a a relationship that you an intimate uh fantastic emotional girl. physical fantastic intellectual relationship you're you're cultivating nurturing
1: i was i was in one uh and we split last year she's fantastic girl just uh kind of i felt disconnected for a variety of different reasons and then i think fuck i don't even know, man. Like I think that I'm still trying to figure out how to be what I believe to be the best partner and make myself available. Like, you know, we split and then I make other fant- – Like, I feel like I just keep pushing away these fantastic girls because I feel like I don't know how to be a good partner and it's something that I need to work on and it's something that I need to figure out exactly what I want in that respect. So I'm like I definitely – yeah, dude, like it's a – that's – I feel like this is this weird transient period that I'm in now for the next sort of six months. But yeah, it's a it's a good question, mate, and one that I'm still trying to figure out the
0: answer to myself. Um, when you say push away, you mean like sabotage?
1: Yeah, I think. Well, but just like find reasons why it's not the right time. Or the oh
0: right yeah, shit. Kind
1: of stuff and overthink it, man. Overthink. Yeah.
0: It. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, are, are, do, do you have any um, uh, concerns about being emotionally hurt? Myself, yeah,
1: yes, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of why this DBT stuff too, like dealing with.
0: Why do you care though about being emotionally hurt?
1: I still feel hurt, like right? I don't like, and that's what I'm trying to get better. But you work at. Like, out yeah, and feel yes. pain.
0: You work yeah. out. You're not afraid to. Do, I mean, that 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 physical that. bite workout. Yeah, well, I can
1: deal with. I can deal with physical pain. Fine. I'm still trying to figure out how to deal with emotional pain better. That's what yeah. I'm. Like, that is my number one thing that I'm working on at the moment, mate. And it's because I don't like. I don't like that feeling. I don't like being scared to go all in on relationship with fa- some fantastic person because I'm afraid of getting hurt. Because it's a shitty thing, and it's a shitty fucking cycle to be in, and it's a shitty. You know, not even just when it comes to relationships. When it comes to like even putting myself out there. When it comes to no, I'm not. <laughs> <talking about relationships. laughs> I'm not. No. 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 <laughs>
0: No. Um, I, I really like emotional pain.
1: Yeah. See, but that's, I think that's just different strokes for different folks.
0: Maybe, maybe likes not the right word.
1: I could see. I love it. makes me play. feel
0: alive. Do you, do you have a creative outlet? Do you play guitar or anything? Like. You're right.
1: Yeah. I write a lot, man. I write a lot. Yeah. That's definitely my creative outlet. It's how I try to process emotions. It's how I try to process. Yeah. I'll write about yeah. them. I write. Yeah. Get and into them. a
0: relationship. Let someone break your heart and then put out a bestseller. <laughs>
1: Yeah, man. I um. That's definitely a creative outlet for me. I think in some respects, I see fitness as a creative outlet.
0: I see. um But I think you need a different one. Yeah, yeah. Like writing's good. I, yeah, I, 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 I um, writing's good. Uh, what about write? Have you ever written any songs?
1: No, I haven't written a song. Oh, uh, maybe. Back at the end of high school, me and my buddy wrote a few songs, and they were all fucking dark.
0: <laughs> can you make yourself cry? No, no. You, uh, maybe if you I can't. Like, like imagine like your mom dying, and then and then and then you start crying. Maybe, yeah. I don't know if I could do it. Like, I don't know. I feel like if I like after we get off, I want you to turn your penis inside out, and I, <laughs> I can you, you try cry. to make yourself cry. That was a YouTube project
2: oh this is terrible <laughs> it's
1: too big it won't then write, about it. Then write an incredible song about it my penis disappeared oh, yeah fuck me i'm not even gonna go into that right now but yeah dude i i know but i will cry very easily like i'll cry in movies and i'll cry i, fuck yeah. I, I almost cried when we were talking before and it got pretty deep and heavy and i'm an emotional dude and that's just well, you know, like, like you said, I could say I'm an emotional too, but like I said, I'm working on it, man. Like I'm trying to get better at processing those emotions and being less emotionally reactive.
0: Um, don't don't you um well um so many, so many. There, I had this guy on, Patrick Bet David, and as a um um young man, he he told himself he was gonna abstain from sex until he made a million dollars. And it took him 17 months. Do you ever do you ever experiment with stuff like that? Um, for yourself, like, hey, I won't ejaculate for two months, or like do you ever like impose um those type of controls on yourself?
1: Yeah, not I haven't used ejaculation as a means of self control
0: before, but or I- experimentation or yeah, I've
1: experimented plenty, mate. Don't you worry. But, um, <laughs> 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 but yeah, I not that. Like I'll do things with like um, uh, for me getting into sort of habits. So <laughs> if, okay, I'm only allowed to do X once I've done Y and I'll sort of do stuff like that. Like but, Carrie, like, like
0: you treat yourself like a dog. I do that too. Treat yourself yeah. like a dog. Like there's really. treats for you sit down, then you give yourself a treat.
1: Yeah. But and, and like, I think that there's huge benefits to that. I mean, in that, Me too. I I love that. stacking. it's like, you kind of go, okay, I'm going to be first thing I do in the morning when I get up and I go is I go and I have my shake with the, you know, the stuff that I'm supposed to have it in. And that's something that's a habit that I've got into from here. And it's like, these things then kind of flow on. And it's like, all right, when I sit down to do work, I start, I have a list of the things I'm going to do. And I do that. And then I do that. And then I'm allowed to kind of, if I have certain tasks that I need to do, Look, I have my tasks that I need to do. I have to tick them off before I'm allowed to just go and read random articles about weird fucking philosophy shit or go down some YouTube rabbit hole watching weird videos and all that sort of stuff. And then I'm allowed to do that because it's still somewhat productive and I'm kind of learning. I feel like enriching myself in various ways, but I have to do certain things first. And I'm getting a lot better at creating those kind of forms of discipline for myself.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I, I really like that. Um, w- what did I write down here? This was fucking nuts. W- one time when you went to bed, you made 42 or 48 trips to the bathroom. Yes.
1: Yeah. Let's so, talk about my bladder. <laughs> we have yeah. reached the point in this conversation where my bladder is the topic. Let's go.
0: So <laughs> I have this thing where, okay, um, at night I check all the doors. I have yep. three doors. Okay. Yep. And then, um, and then maybe like, I'll plug my phone in and then I'll be like, okay, I checked the doors, but I'm going to check them again. And then I check them again. And then maybe then I go over and I turn off like all the air cleaners in the house or anything that's humming. Cause I don't want to hear that when I'm, when I'm, uh, lying down and then I'll be like, ah, I'm going to go check the doors again. And then I check the doors again. And it, it seems like it's, and the worst thing is, is sometimes when I'm, when I, when I, I guess I think I'm on the third check, one of the doors will be unlocked. And that, and that will set off a whole, like, like who knows what happened? Like one of my kids got up or my wife got up or I didn't really check it. But Mm -hmm. now there's a major problem. Now it's like, now it's like uh, that, that, that now I'm going to have to check it five more times before I go to fucking bed because like, I don't trust the process. Yep. It's so fucked up. And sometimes I'll go to bed and I'll be like, don't check the doors. Don't check the door. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to check the door.
1: Dude, it's exactly
3: the same
2: thing. <laughs> it's like,
0: don't think about
1: you needing to pee. Don't think you need to pee. It's like, I think it's something to do with, I think in my head, I've got to relax now and go to sleep. It's like, oh, you might need to pee though. Yeah, so like, fuck, don't yeah. no, think about it. I might need to pee. So I'll go. Cut A little fuck. And it, it's genuinely pretty kind of proportional to how anxious I am at that point in time as to how many times I'll go to the bathroom before I fall asleep. Um, and then, yeah, it'll fuck. Like I'll be like, fuck, don't think about it. Don't think about it. I'm like, all right, cool, I'm going to get straight in bed and I'm not going to go to the toilet once. I lay there and I'm like, fuck, I start to get like fidgety. My legs start to go. I'm starting yeah. to fuck and go. A couple of drops come out. And I'm like, you fucking idiot. Why did you go? Like you didn't even need to yeah. go to the toilet. And then that's how it kind of exactly the same as your locks, but it's me. Going to take a piss. <laughs> do you know, do you, how old
0: were you when that started?
1: I can't remember. I feel like it's been a long time though, too. I, I feel I've always had these weird little things when it came to going to bed that I remember from being a kid. Like I remember in my teens and like late, like early teens and like late being a kid, things that I had to do to be able to fall asleep. Like just certain little rituals and if I didn't do them, I would become fixated on them. It's like one was super duper fucking weird, and I mean, fuck, I've been talking for two hours and eleven minutes, mate. Let's go down this rabbit. Let's go down some rabbit holes. Yeah, but yeah. I, like, I had to have a pair of undies over my under my boxer shorts, but my undies, I had to have my dick and balls hanging out of the undies with the boxer shorts then over the top. But I had to have the undies on down below. Couldn't have like just boxer shorts on. And if yeah. I didn't do that. All I thought about was like, that was weird. And I just felt so uncomfortable that I couldn't fall asleep, but I get in bed and I do things like I'd lay in bed and I try to force myself to not wear my undies with everything going on. Yeah. You're
0: trying to fix the problem. You're like, Hey, I don't want to have this. I don't want to be attached to to this. this,
1: You're going to lay this. And so even like falling asleep on my back, I can't fall asleep on my back unless I'm dead tired to the world. And every now and again, when I was younger and in my teens, I'd be like, right, you're going to try. Fucking laying there and I'm like, don't do it, don't do it. Or like crossing my toes. So I used to have to cross. It was that, that's kind of the first. It's not the first, but it's one of the crossing
0: your toes.
1: Yeah. So like, like my big toe here, like, like you can see, look, you can see the divot in my hole, my sock right now. Yeah. Yeah. With my toes crossed. This is
0: weird. Which one goes on top? Oh, the big Uh, one goes on
1: top. That's how it goes. Oh, yeah. I I used to remember that I used to say to mom, I Have to get shoes where I can cross my toes. She's like, "Why?" I was like, Cause "If I don't cross my toes, I don't like it. Like I would, I would, all I would think if I couldn't cross my toes in my shoes, I'd become fixated on the fact that I couldn't cross my toes." And that's all I could think about to the point where I would almost give myself a panic attack. I'd start shaking. My legs would get restless. I'd be, become so agitated. And that used to be that was a big one that I'd do when i try to go to sleep. I'd be laying in bed and I'd be like, don't cross your toes. Don't cross your toes. Or if I'm sitting on a plane or somewhere where I have to relax, it's typically in environments where I have to relax that it becomes more of a problem. And I'd be like, just don't fucking squash your toes. Like you're going to sit here and you are not going to cross your toes. And fuck, my legs are start to go. I'd start to get agitated. i say, so, yeah, there's a couple of little things like that when it comes to sleeping. And that's, that's one of them.
0: There's this, there's this story that I, that I tell myself that um, I don't want to take my shirt off at the beach. But but when I talk about it on the podcast, I'd be like, yeah yeah, I'm 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 not I'm embarrassed about my body, and so I don't take my shirt off. But but it's a story that I keep alive. Hmm. <clears throat> I keep that story alive. Yeah, I've made I've made that story real. That that that's not that's not re, that's not real like this mouse. Hmm. That's uh, that's that story is just a thought.
1: Oh, thank you. Don't worry, mate. I've been trying to do the same sort of thing with all this shit. It's, it's so,
0: it's so, it's so tricky. It's so interesting. (laughs) Um, It's so interesting. Have you ever, I I wonder, God, what do they say the cure is for that? (laughs) Like when you're like, Hey, I got to have my toes crossed all the time. What's the cure? I think gradual
1: exposure therapy is like one thing that they do recommend.
0: So it's like, cool. Like if you like run through the gym, naked exposure.
1: Well, I mean that would be a lot a more,
0: comfortable. And run more, it.
1: more comfortable for me as a thought than laying in bed with my toes <laughs> crossed. Let me tell you that much before you survive. Fuck. <laughs> no, I think like it's practicing just like you said, cultivating that awareness of, hey, like every now and again, be like, oh, I was just sitting there for a period of time and I didn't have my toes crossed. Look at me, I can do that. And like becoming more aware, and then practicing periods where it's like, okay, maybe I'm nervous and it's like, well, I'm sitting down waiting and I'm not going to cross my toes before that. <laughs> yeah it doesn't make me any fucking stronger either so it's not <laughs> just clinging on to life by dear for dear life with my hook grip toes in bed clinging on to sanity but yeah it's i think just practicing it and uh, honestly like in this scheme of things that i need to to put attention and time into fixing and working on crossing and uncrossing my toes is pretty low down the priority list
0: it's interesting because yours is like real there's like by that i mean there's like something physically happening mm. mine's just like just bullshit oh mm. well, plenty yeah. of well. those, those I, stories yeah just mine's just a, <laughs> like a story like and like that i'm attached to mm. like like get over it's it's all it's it's all ego it's like like get over yourself like yeah if there I wasn't a Sevon, why would what are you worried about putting a shirt on him for
1: <laughs> You're at the beach, mate How do you go for yeah. a swim at the beach if you got your shirt on?
0: Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah Well, you know what's crazy, uh, Con? Um, when when I'm around my kids I go the opposite of all my insecurities So the second I get to the beach, I immediately take my shirt off Because uh-huh. I don't want them picking up on any of it Because I don't want to pass it on to them Interesting, yeah, right You know what I mean? That's I don't cool. want, yeah So so I'm just like, hey, it's not it's not about you, dipshit Yeah, right That's it's not thing. about you, shut the fuck up
1: Maybe when I have kids, I'll stop crossing my toes to fall asleep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe subliminally. I need a kid, and then I'm going to stop crossing my toes, pissing 48 times, and I'll be I'll be right as rain.
0: Um, when did girls start liking you? How old? What what grade were you in? Did did girls take notice of you?
1: I want to say like
0: year 10. 10. 9 or ten for for me um kindergarten through 7th grade girls loved me and then in 7th grade something happened like i just became a dork like i just started like playing dungeons and dragons and i would go to the library and like you know and and then and then they just didn't like me ever again after that um but so mine was kind of like the the flip flop of you um that must have been really um exciting that's a good time for girls to start liking you you must have been like holy shit there is a god yeah, particularly because I'd been like I'd
1: been the opposite, you know. Like it was almost uh, embarrassing. Yeah, I just did, didn't exist to the opposite sex, either, or like you know, my attempts to be noticed by the opposite sex were laughed at or fucking ridiculed or whatever. Right. Yeah, kind of just it, it just like honestly out of nowhere. And I remember your being, testicles like, dropped. Yeah, all of a sudden I was you know I went from a boy to a man overnight. Yeah, it was it was it was cool, but it was like everything for me, you know. The way I am? Because a double-edged sword. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably a few years later.
0: <laughs> I love this crowd. I oh, love man. this this crowd. Yeah that that must have been so that that must have been so fun. Those must have been some really fun years.
1: Yeah, I feel like yeah they were. But I think that that like I said,
0: discovering girls is like the greatest thing about being a dude. It really yeah. – there's this book, Stranger in a Strange Land, and it's a guy who um, comes from another universe, and he's enlightened. Hmm. And he says that basically all the other creatures in the universe <coughs> that are enlightened, they, they don't mate. They, they, <laughs> and we're the only creatures in the universe that have the ability to be enlightened but also mate. And I, and he explains it so well in the book, but we squabble it. We fuck it all up mm. because of like jealousy and just, just all this shit. We just fuck it up. Mm. We have this great gift that we can be enlightened, sort of transcend our, our humanness, our sex. But we also get to fucking bone and roll around <laughs> naked. So he's, he's, he's not saying, I haven't read this book. He's not saying. That they are enlightened
1: because they abstain from sex. They're just no, saying no, no, no.
0: He's just saying that that's right. one of the evolutionary things, and it make it it makes sense to me. Like w- when you sort of when you transcend all, there would be no. You, you would just be this in 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 sort of this eternity. But um, that's good. I thought you were going to tell me to stop jerking off again. No, 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 no. That's only to experiment with. That's nothing uh, dogmatic. <laughs> <laughs> but, but 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 it is a very powerful. Um, tool for uh for to to examine for control or Mm. um
1: it's funny you say that i have a friend a good friend of mine and he i know will do that like regularly just like abstain from jerking off having sex for periods of time and yeah he says exactly that i don't know if he's read anything on it or it's just in his head he was like that was the
0: ultimate way for him to kind of practice self-control so it's crazy. I, I, I The first time I did it, I was in college, and I kept these two 20-pound dumbbells by my bed. So anytime – because you can't leave your hands alone with your dick. You just can't. Yeah. You cannot. Yeah. And so um, they, they, you're just like, dude. Um, so uh, anytime I would, like, wake up in the middle of the night, I, I would just, just grab the dumbbells and just do a set of 20, and then go back. Like, And the, my theory was is to pull the blood out of my – I would do set of shoulder press, 20 you know, yeah. to get the blood out of my penis. That was, that, was, that was, I'm no fucking biologist, but that was my thought. I'll bring the blood to my shoulders.
1: Fucking fans of yours that are now going to bring dumbbells home. They're going to be like, what the fuck's going on? Just get up in the middle of the night.
0: And I told my poor dad that I was doing that and that I'd gone two months without ejaculating. And he goes, listen, boy. And I go, what? I go, what? He goes, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and I thought my dad knew what he's talking about.
1: Oh my God, that's great. That's phenomenal. (laughs) Just jump down and do some push ups between or get a hundred pound. Maybe that's what I do. I get my hundred pound dumbbell. Next time I get those, just start doing my crunches.
0: My shoulders got started looking really nice after. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, notice.
1: And then there's the temptation. It's a double edged sword, mate. Um, I, I, I,
0: I, it's funny you 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 wouldn't think this, but this is just proof of this. I've talked about this before. When normally when I have a guest, I have two pages of notes, hmm. and the more pages I have, the more nervous I'm I am about the conversation. I have five pages of notes for you, oh, dude. I was shitting that's myself. how nervous I was about about talking to you today,
1: dude. I, it makes me feel a bit better saying that because, and you could probably tell the way I was speaking is I was shitting myself, and I think because of that, like. I had this kind of like initial kind of like, you know, Oh man, like Savon and the, the, the CrossFit Louis Thoreau and that ex- initial experience was like, I didn't know how this was going to be. And yeah, dude
0: I, I was just as nervous. So don't you worry. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. <laughs> um, I, I would, I would love to, I would love to stay, stay in touch. I love uh, what, what a fun conversation. Um, two hours yeah. and 20 minutes just blew by. Yeah,
1: mate. We've covered some topics. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, thank you very much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, Com Porter, uh, I, like I said, I would go listen to the Mind... Mindset Rx? Mindset Rx podcast, um, and we will be watching. And no matter how much you tell us that it's not between you and mayhem, we will not believe you. <laughs> all righty. I'll let you have your little narrative
3: there. That's all good.